ever look in the mirror and ask yourself why you're not further along than you thought you'd be? Are you fed up with feeling stuck while everyone else seems to be moving forward and finding happiness? Maybe you're frustrated after staring at a vision board for months or even years with little result. If you're ready to dive in, take control and manifest your dream life, you've come to the right place. I'm your host, Liberty Forrest, and every day I'll be showing you just how to apply the Law of Attraction principles to your life and day-to-day challenges. I can promise you, the Law of Attraction does work. And now, here's today's episode. Hello, hello, and welcome to Take Control and Manifest Your Dream Life. I'm Liberty Forrest, and I'm really glad you're here today. And today is Wednesday, so yay! That means I've got an extra special treat for you because it's interview day. Coming up in just a few minutes, I'll share the chat I had with my wonderfully inspiring guest and dear friend, David Gross, who is an incredible channeler, among other things. Anyway, uh, this episode is especially cool. I swear David is one of the most fascinating and interesting people I have ever met. He shared so much of his brilliance that I've actually had to put the conversation into two parts. <laughs> it's a lot of information, but I can promise you some remarkable insights and ideas were shared, and it's well worth listening to everything David had to say. But first, it's time for your daily dose of dopey, because no day is complete without a really dumb joke. <laughs> so buckle up. Here we go. Okay, I think it's time for a knock-knock joke again. Are you ready? Knock-knock. Who's there? Utah. Utah who? You talking to me? (laughs) So silly. (laughs) Okay, let me introduce you to my fabulous friend. David Gross can share countless stories of how his life has been transformed by the law of attraction. His first life-changing experiences in creating his reality occurred in 1983 when he manifested a move to Japan from Canada. The next seven years in Asia were the perfect training ground or testing ground for David. He was isolated from influences of the culture he grew up in and spent a great deal of time examining how his thoughts and emotions directly affected his circumstances. David's knowledge and expertise continued to evolve through training over three decades with masters in seven Asian countries. And for the past 15 years, he's been creating customized training programs on expanding awareness and emotional intelligence, both foundational building blocks of the law of attraction. David is passionate about bringing together and supporting a global community of entrepreneurs, each manifesting extraordinary opportunities. And now here's part one of my conversation with David. Hi, David. Thank you for being here. Thank you for inviting me, Liberty. I'm excited for where our conversation is going to go. Our conversations always go to the coolest, most amazing places, really. That is true. cover a lot of ground. (laughs) (laughs) We do. (laughs) It's great. Um, And when I was asking about what, what would you like me to say to introduce you? It was just sort of, oh dear, <laughs> I don't even know what to say. I couldn't even begin to speculate because you do so many amazing things. So I'm just going to open that door and say, tell us a little bit about you. Okay, so bigger picture, I've been a teacher for 36 years. Um, maybe better way to put that is I've been in education for 36 years as a teacher but I've also been a school principal and done all of the admin stuff to coordinate, you know, up to 500 students and make that happen to bring it all together. 
So from my experience as an educator, I have a very interesting take on law of attraction and what we're creating and what we're manifesting because I've been immersed in the environments and communities where how I think and how I feel and literally what I manifest shows up in the people around me very quickly. Mm-hmm. I, I guess what I'm, the point that I'm trying to make here is as a, as a now entrepreneur working from home, I don't necessarily have the people around me who are showing up with evidence of what I've been asking for. It's coming in different ways. So from having so many years in, and I've worked and taught and managed schools and educational services in seven different countries. So I've had so many opportunities to be around different groups of people, small and large, yet through my intentions set and all, you know, connected to law of attraction, and we'll get into that, I'm sure. Mm-hmm. In those circumstances and situations and with those groups of people, I became actually not only accustomed to, but I expected things to show up because they always were. Now it's a very different kind of game for me because being in isolation and, and all of that, that that which I'm asking for is manifesting and showing up in my life now in different ways because it's not coming through other people. Yeah. If that makes sense. It's actually, but things are still showing up actually, if anything, faster and more abundantly than ever before. <laughs> and maybe here's, here's just a bit of a trigger here. Maybe that's because I'm asking more now than I was before. It could be, but you're also, or and you're also, as you've evolved, have become maybe better at it. I mean, yes. the, the energy thing and the, <clears throat> and the being more focused on it or being more aware of that, the whole, the mindset and just kind of being in that energy. I'm maybe not saying it very well, but you know, I, I just have an insight time where we, we, you know, we may be just doing that more now or different here, here's what's actually i like your question or i like where it's going and what comes to me in response to where the direction that we're heading in is this for so many years what i was creating and what i was manifesting and what was showing up in my life was in response to me asking to be in service for other people. So when I'm managing a school or when I'm teaching a class, I'm there to be of service to my class, to my students, to the teachers if I'm managing a school or running a school. So my asks were all not personally driven. They were driven from the intention of helping others and being of service to others. Now the difference is I'm being of service in different ways and therefore, my asks have become more personal. How can I do this to help people in a different way, if that makes sense? So there's a slight shift in the focus, not how can we manifest this to make this happen for us as a team, right, or as a class or as a school. But now it's how can I, well, actually, better better question, what do I need to ask for? Because Law of attraction and manifesting is all about being able to ask really good questions, right? Because if we don't have an ask, and if we don't have, if we don't know what we're seeking, I, I use this in my classes all the time. 
and it's going to be a little bit out of context, so I'll give you a bit of a story background here. When I'm teaching my classes, doesn't matter if it's a business class or a marketing class or branding class, anything like that. When students are participants, better word than students, when my students are all 30s, 40s, 50s, and 60s, right? So it's kind of odd to call them students rather than participants. But when the participants are giving me feedback and I'm asking them, for example, to clarify their messaging or clarify something, and they give me an answer, they give me a response, it's very common for me to say to them, that's not bad, but it's kind of like tofu because there's not a lot of substance to it right now. So I always, they know my catchphrase is, give me more spice, <laughs> right? <laughs> Make it a bit more spicy, but like go a little bit deeper. Give me a little bit more meaningful stuff rather than just on the surface, right? So it's very common for me to say to people, give me more spice. And they, they know in my classes what I mean by that, right? Go a little bit deeper. Give me a little bit more. So what's happening now is the my asks have shifted, not take out the knot. My asks have shifted more to be more in the direction of what can I be doing personally to make a change with those that I'm working with and make a change on the planet. Whereas before managing schools and being an organizer of of the classroom, it was more, how can I facilitate this in them? That's the difference. How can I facilitate this in them for them now it's how do I facilitate this for them, myself, if that makes sense. The, fo- the, the focus has changed. So it's no, before it was the focus was them. Now the focus is me for them. Yes, <clears throat> yeah, I see that difference. That makes and, sense? Yeah, and, and of course, that's exactly about the law of attraction because that's about you. It's, it's your beliefs, it's your energy, it's your shift within you with a different, I, I'm again probably not saying it very well, well, because in reality, if I can't see it, and I can't, let's just say see it, which means sometimes sense it, not only just see with my physical eyes, or envision something, if I can't envision something or see it or sense it as the feeling, then I can't really manifest it because I don't have a tangible kind of framework or blueprint of what I want to create or what I want to manifest, right? Thank so you. that's what I was trying does that to make, say. Does that make sense? That's right? exactly what, that's what I was trying to say. It's got to come from you and your... So the difference before, yeah, when I'm teaching my classes or when I'm working with clients, I am building a blueprint in my mind, as it were, of where I want them to be, right? So I'm, I'm eliciting from them insight and awareness and conversations about where they are and where they're going so that they move themselves. I'm, I'm facilitating their evolution, let's call it that, or expansion into being more. Mm-hmm. What's changed now being in isolation is because I don't have them literally within, you know, like within arm's reach to be able to reach out to them and say, okay, what do you think? What do you feel about this? Or what does this mean to you? And what are you going to do with this? It's more, of me being proactive in what can I do to present opportunities to others so that they can now take this and manifest. Yes. So I'm, I, so maybe this is a better way of putting it. When I'm teaching my classes, when I'm managing a school, I've already got my processes and my systems and everything in place. I'm, I've already built out my plan. I know what I'm doing, right? Mm-hmm. I know what I'm doing and it's me coaching, guiding, facilitating them to get there for them for themselves. Now I'm actually rewriting my blueprints of my processes and my systems and what I can do and what I need to do in these changing times 
to ignite within them the insights or the awareness so that they can take action and manifest that which is new for them. Yes, and the more you're able to do that, the more successful they're likely to be. Absolutely. Well, the more the, the potential is there for them to be that. Yeah. I can't guarantee it no. because it also depends on where they are. Mm-hmm. And this actually brings in here to hear this, this tangential concept. It's connected to law of attraction 100%, but it's very important for me to differentiate law of attraction from law of alignment. So, for example, if you use kind of Esther Hicks words, right, two ends of a stick, right? We got well, the unwanted on one side, the wanted on the other side. Mm-hmm. If, my, if I'm aligned more with what I don't want, I will attract what I don't want. Yeah. If I'm aligned at the other end of the stick with what I do want, I will attract more of what I do want. Yes. So, therefore, a law of alignment is, is the foundation for me of law of attraction. And in the same way, just to kind of piggyback on what you said a, a couple of moments ago, what I am finding is really imperative for me right now is to align my intentions and my expectations with attracting, law of attraction again, attracting individuals or companies, doesn't have to be just one-on-one because I work a lot of corporate as well, but aligning with the individuals, individual one-on-one or group, be it a group or be it a company who are aligned with doing the work. So that's kind of piggybacking on the, you know, getting them to move forward. Well, I, I want to align with people who are ready and willing and excited about jumping in and doing the work. Yes. And actually, it's, it's, I'm kind of whacking myself against, upside the head with this one here. <laughs> and I don't, I don't mean this because every good teacher to me is always going to be inspirational. But for me, inspiration is not enough. Inspiration has to go into implementation or activation yes. in order to be effective. Absolutely. And what I was saying before, I said about people being more likely <laughs> to succeed. Obviously, there's no guarantee because that part isn't up to you. But the more clear, the more clear and aligned you are in what you're what you're creating and then delivering to them and offering to them the more likely they are to pick up that inspiration and that desire to then implement and move forward with it because that energy is going to come through loud and clear. So yes, it, you know, so, there will still be some who I'm sure who are resistant, but that's... Okay. However, the resistant ones, as I allow, as I align, I was going to say allow, which is actually a really good point too, but as I align more fully with what I really want to attract. I don't have anybody, very, very few in number, connecting with me who are holding resistance to what I'm offering. Yeah, and that's kind of where I was going. <laughs> and, 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 this is, and this is in contrast with perhaps, for many people, the experience of, man, these people keep showing up here and I don't want to really want to work with them and it's kind of hard to work with them and they're kind of like energy vampires and they're sucking me dry and mm-hmm. I'm tired and it doesn't seem to be going anywhere. It's like, okay, but they're showing up for a reason and they're showing up because they're aligned with you. So actually, oh, and it's really painful to say, but law of alignment wise, they're aligned with where you are. So actually the crux of the work becomes raising your 
alignment to attract at a higher level. Yeah, that's what I was trying to say, but you say it so much more beautifully. <laughs> it was just that that you. I don't know. I use I use a lot. I use sometimes way too many words, but no, still. you don't. I love your words. You always have great words. The way you put them together. But that's what I was trying to say. Uh, was that your? Okay, you just said it. I don't need to try to repeat it. <laughs> perfect. So let's just piggyback on that for a second, because we might be on a good stream here that we can kind of jump in the jump in and go with the flow for a second. For anybody who's fishies, of course. (laughs) Yeah, two Pisces. There we go. We're we we are in the water together, right? (laughs) (laughs) Totally. But for anybody listening to this, for whom this concept holds value, to recognize that man, if what's showing up in my life doesn't feel so good, in whatever way, right? Doesn't matter to what extreme. It just doesn't feel so good, and I'm not really happy with it, and I want more. The time and energy and effort that we might be investing in trying to make things different is actually counterproductive until we actually work on ourselves to raise our own level of alignment so that we're feeling better about where we are better about actually this is this is a painful one to admit better we feel better about who we are which means that we increase ourselves we increase ourselves esteem we have a greater sense of worth and as you and i liberty were having conversations maybe even only yesterday about and in my personal experience if i feel like i've been whacked by somebody and hurt by somebody in whatever way kind of like that popeye punching bag from i grew up in the 60s so the popeye punching bag in the 60s that you know mm-hmm. sand in the bottom you knock it down it does come back it kind of pops back up there and sometimes it's possible to feel like that Popeye punching bag that just doesn't come up for a while, coming up for air right now, just kind of, just kind of knocked down and knocked out. If I'm ever feeling kind of knocked down and knocked out for whatever reason, doesn't matter what the, what the source Mm -hmm. is of that. It's not about them. It's about me, which is a really important point as well. It's not about them. It's about me. So if I'm feeling kind of knocked down and knocked out, kind of deflated as it were, somebody could say something and equally powerful, somebody could not say something. Right? So if I'm wanting to hear something from somebody, it doesn't matter what it is, but I'm, I'm expecting to hear something that would make me feel good about myself, which is a whole different conversation there, but I don't hear that, then I might feel like the wind is knocked out of me kind of thing, right? So for example, Liberty, it's let's say, you know, it's your birthday coming up and you're talking to me on that day and I forget that it's your birthday and you might think, oh shit, he forgot it was my birthday, mm-hmm. right? There's a little bit of a deflation there. It's, it's from something that I didn't say that might kind of feel like a bit of a knockdown as it were, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. If, I, if, if I'm just taking it personally, because I can't make an assumption for anybody else, but if I ever feel like I've been kind of knocked down and the wind knocked out of me in whatever way, and it could be deflated only for a couple of moments, it doesn't have to be for hours or days, but just kind of deflated for whatever period of time, I'm not going to be in a really good state to attract what I want because I'm hurt mm-hmm. or I'm angry or I'm resentful mm-hmm. or I'm just want to curl up in a ball and lie on the couch for a while kind of thing. Yeah. Right. Those low vibration energies. Yeah. Yeah. Right. So I think actually maybe let's kind of bring it back home for a second here and say for anybody listening, if they can relate to this, things not, things aren't showing up the way you want them to. It's a time, actually, it's the perfect time, in my mind anyway, for self-reflection. 
And the question is not how come that stuff is not showing up. The better question is where am I attracting from? What's my alignment? That's the best question. Yeah, asking why and, is this showing up? That's well, what is showing up? And and showing up yes, than... yes. But here, but I got I got to put a qualifier on that or a clarifier on that. I can ask. To me, and an, an easier, more simple question is: Okay, what is showing up? How do I feel? What's showing up that I'm not really happy about? I'm not really pleased with the whole thing, right? Mm-hmm. But I, I would hesitate to go to the why, because in trying to find out an answer for the why, I could be unraveling a whole rat's nest of crappy thoughts and feelings and mm-hmm. beliefs that I don't want to go into that are not going to serve me right now. So it's more, it's of more value for me to self-reflect and, okay, what's showing up? Doesn't feel so good. Okay, time out. Kind of like a time out. I'm just going to take some time. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to try to figure out why it's there and all of that kind of stuff right now. I'm just going to be aware of where I am. And I'm going to put myself into a neutral zone where this is really important. I'm not making any assumptions. I'm not assigning meaning to anything. And I'm not making up any stories. Hmm. Right? Because we tell stories to ourselves so easily. Yeah, when you get that, that's what that is. That's why they did that. That's why this is going on. And then we get caught up in the story and we're down the rabbit hole, right? Exactly. Yeah. And you made a really important point in saying it's about focusing on how you're feeling right now about your life. And even when things aren't good and when you're sort of in the depths of despair or things are just like you said, you know, just feeling something isn't right, it's not, you're not feeling good about your life there's always something to focus on that feels good. There's some blessing, there's some aspect of, you know, of like, there's some focus, there's something, if you can grab onto anything that makes you feel happy, anything, whether it's a a hobby that you love, or you went for a walk that day and it felt great, or anything that brings you joy, if you can just grab onto that and expand that joy, focus on the joy, focus on because ultimately that's what we're looking for when we're retar- when we're whatever you're attracting if you're trying to manifest more money or a great relationship or the fabulous house or the great car or all of that or some other thing or the health it's, yeah it's mm-hmm. we're not looking specifically for those what we're really wanting is the feeling of all we want to feel better yeah yeah <clears throat> and, and this is we want to focus on that happiness and the joy when you can connect with that that helps to lift you out of that feeling kind of miserable right now. Yeah. And Esther Hicks talks about, has talked about that for decades where she said, the reason that we want anything is because we believe that we will feel better in the having of it. It's true. And it isn't about the thing. It's about, I just want to feel good. I want to feel joyful and happy or whatever. Yes. But I also do have to, it's it's cool that I keep reflecting on Esther Hicks because I haven't watched her for a long time, but I did watch her for years, years back. And her concept of the, merry-go-round like getting on that you know fast spinning wheel and and if you can't hang on to something you're kind of shot off in the bushes which is my favorite <laughs> phrase ever shot off in the bushes right so i just want to kind of revisit this for a moment before we continue on if anybody's not happy let's just call it maybe not happy not pleased not satisfied mm-hmm. with what's showing up in life circumstances and everything 
I still, and also my training, you know me well, I, I've been working in temples in Asia in seven different countries for many, 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 many years. And tons of ritual and tons of experiences working in, in a number of different temples. And one exercise that we are taught is to bring ourselves into that neutral state first because shifting gears from doesn't feel so good into feels pretty feels better like thinking of something that can motivate me even even as valuable as holding gratitude for certain things which is a very valuable experience and exercise to do mm-hmm. that's a hard sometimes a hard shifting of gears yeah. to make a you know that hard left or that hard right or I, I i got the brakes on now i'm going on full on of the gas mm-hmm without a momentary period of time, which could be, it could be moments, it could be a handful of breaths, it could be a handful of minutes, it could be a couple of hours, it could be a day, it could be overnight, where we allow ourselves, and there there I want to use the word allow, where we allow ourselves the, i got to get the right word for here, we allow ourselves the, it's almost like a sanctuary kind of, like safe, there's the word, the Mm -hmm. safe feeling of not having to have an answer right now. Yes. Because if I'm not feeling so good and something happens and I'm kind of knocked down like that Popeye punching bag and I can't get up, sometimes, just just I'll take it personally, if I feel like I should be better than this, I should have my shit together, I should be able to get up and get through this, mm-hmm. and I can't, that opens me up to judging myself, which is not going to be a good thing, right? No. <laughs> so, al- purpose. Well, so allow- allowing a momentary breathing space, as it were, of a couple of moments or a couple of minutes or a couple of hours or maybe, maybe even overnight to just allow myself to be in a state of neutrality where I'm not assigning meaning, I'm not taking it personally, and I'm not, make- I'm not making up a story, which means, and for some people, maybe even for me, this means, okay, just find a distraction. Find something you're going to enjoy. Find something, for example, as I was talking to you yesterday, I just was, I can watch an hour or two of classical music, for example, on YouTube. I can watch my favorite pianist and watch her play on the piano. And I'm just away from thinking about everything else. And that gives me that sense of neutrality, which then, again, it's not a passion right now. It The only purpose of that experience is, oh, this is cool language. The only purpose of that experience of me, for example, watching this woman playing the piano, classical music, as I love because I was a musician for a while, quite a while, is my momentary break or respite, if you want to use that word, which is a bit of a funky kind of word, but that respite from thinking about stuff, the respite or the rest from thinking I got to do something, just that momentary sanctuary breathing space and then from there, I trust and I know that my higher self is going to say, okay, time to kind of dust yourself off and kind of get yourself back up to moving forward again. But I, I listen to my own intuitive self saying when that is the right time to do that. I don't force it. There we go. I don't force it. Same thing with law of attraction. To me, you can't force it. I don't have enough money. I don't have health. I don't have a relationship. I don't have a job. I don't have these things here. So I'm going to do, 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 and force things to happen. If you think about law of attraction happens when the flow of the energy is in ease. Yep. 
that is not the state of forcing things to happen. So therefore, just to bring it back home, kind of I cast the line way out to the ocean. I'm going to reel us back into the dock here for a second here, kind of get the fish back in the net and kind of get back to focus here. If I ever feel like I'm not, if I'm, if I'm not feeling good, sometimes I maybe you're whacked down by something you hear or something you say or some, something somebody says, or they don't say, or you don't hear. I think it's important to not, for me, just personally, it's important to recognize that if I jump up and try to jump back in and I don't want to use the word fight, but kind of effort my way in to making it better, I'm going to be attracting more that is in the alignment with the efforting. Mm -hmm. But yet if I allow myself that momentary time of breath, that neutrality of a couple of breaths, a couple of minutes, a couple of hours, even overnight, when I do step back into the ring, proverbial ring as it might be, I'm coming in from a clear slate kind of state of being. And from there, I can manifest so much easier and so much more effortlessly than if I were to try to do a lot to make things happen. And that just comes from the experience of having tried both sides. <laughs> I have to, I can relate to that. Yeah. I was just thinking as you were speaking, one, what's worked for me and, uh, and with a lot of people that I've worked with as well is sort of a version of that, I suppose, but it's instead of just, um, it's kind of, I guess, maybe going a step beyond your um, neutrality because you're right, you can't, it's, it's really difficult to go from a place of lack and struggle and you haven't got a job and you've got debts like crazy and you're going bankrupt and your health is bad and you're about to be homeless and all that. Really hard to then say, well, I'm really wealthy and prosperous. And you know, you, it's just a big lie and you just, you won't believe it. And if you don't, you're off in the bushes because you can't hold on to that exactly, belief. Exactly. That doesn't work. So what I do or have done and and share with people too is to come up with a progressive statement, something that will allow some, mm -hmm. where it's like opening the door. It's it's just getting to that point of being able to say, "Well, I'm willing to allow this into my life. I'm I'm willing to believe that my life is getting better every day." Or uh, just I, I'm just a sort of a statement of being open. I'm open to receiving wealth. I'm open to things being better. Anything like that, if that's all you can do, that's mm -hmm. better than telling yourself a lie that isn't going to change anything. And it's also better than staying stuck in your miserable thoughts. Exactly. But And that kind of takes the emotion, it doesn't maybe take the emotion out, but it softens it. It's like softening those rough edges of the, the dark place. And it's kind of bringing some of that neutrality that you spoke about and then moving a little bit forward with it. And it feels Here's, like the energy is so different from it is. I'm, I'm stuck here. It's not going to change. I don't know how I'm going to make it happen. And then just saying, even if you just then say, but I'm open to believing it will change. Even if you just say that, all of a sudden the energy just shifts and it becomes less filled with angst. And, uh, and it just yeah. makes it feel more like there's something positive. So what, what you've just outlined there is actually the 
the exercise of realigning your thoughts and your beliefs and your energy as a result. So you're realigning so that you're not whacking the dark end of the stick that doesn't feel so good, right? You're going to the other side and you're working yourself back up into something that feels better by a process of realigning. Yes. And with some with something that you can hold on to and you can believe in. Yes. And you know and you know to be true. Yes. And that that's the important piece. You have to you have to believe it. You have to hmm. you have to be you have to be receptive to whatever it is you're whatever that language is. And it's going to be different from one person to the next, but anything that allows movement, anything, yeah. even if it's the oh, nothing's ever going to change, but <laughs> I'm willing to believe. And I know you and I have the but and and conversation a lot. And I was just going case, there in my head. <laughs> and in that case, I think I'd probably still say but because it it erases. We want it to erase. But is the big eraser. In that case, hmm. we want it to erase that previous statement Correct. and replace the it with the new yeah. one. Whereas if you say and, then they're both still true. We don't want that. Hmm. So in that case, I'm all I'm all about sticking in but. I'm willing to believe it's going to get better. I'm willing to believe I'll find an answer. I'm willing to believe my life can change, whatever it is. Well, I'm willing to believe. So I'm, I'm just going to, I'm going to nitpick at one statement. You said there, I'm willing to believe that I can find the answer. There's still the energy of where am I going to find it? How am I going to find it? Where am I going to go to find it? Who's going to help me find it? How long is it going to take to find it? Right. You bring yourself right back though. To which, which are the unanswered to. questions. Nope. So, so therefore, my easier statement for me is I'm willing to believe that there is an answer out there for me. Okay. That's good. I like that. Rather than I'm going to find it. Yeah. Because, because then just for me, because I, I teach a lot about the importance of what I call the deeper truths of, of sometimes unanswered questions. So if I say, if I can, I believe I can find an answer, but then my head, cause I'm a, I'm a teacher, right? So I've got this logical head going on here that, subconscious or maybe more conscious part is going to say well okay smarty pants where is that answer how are you going to find it where are you going to google at who's that kind of stuff and then i then i'm like oh crap i'm deeper because now i don't know how to get that stuff there so just for me that's in my head (laughs) no but but for me an easier statement moving forward would be i do trust actually i would go a little bit deeper so the the mid, midway statement would be, I trust that there's an answer out there. I trust that there's an answer. Mm-hmm. And maybe I would actually put a caveat, and I don't have to have that answer right now. I don't have to know it right now. I don't have to find it right now. I don't have to have the answer right now, but I trust there's an answer, for example, right? Mm-hmm. And then I would go a little bit deeper, which is actually a little bit higher as well. And I would say, and this is a truth, and I voiced this to my mom when I was probably about 16 or 17 before I moved to Asia. And I said to my mom, and it was, it was how I felt. It was my deeper truth. I had no reason to say that. I had no evidence. I had no, I had no proof, but it was just how I felt. And I said to my mom, I said, mom, I don't know how to express this or explain it to you, but I just have an inner knowing that I'm always going to be okay. I knew that. I just knew that. I wasn't trying to foresee or foreshadow any crazy, not good things happening or really remarkable things happening, but I just have an inner knowing that everything is always going to be okay. And so in saying to my mom, I know I'm going to be okay. 
maybe in a, in a time and period where I'm coming out of my little meditative state, as it were, my kind of neutral zone, my first statement might be, I know I'm going to be okay. Or if you're connecting to a higher power or God source energy, whatever language you want to use there for all that is, I believe, but you have to believe it. I believe that I'm not in this alone. That might be where I would go. I believe I'm not in this alone. I believe that I'm, I'm looked after. I believe that everything is going to be okay, even if I don't know how right now. And that's an important point as well. And you just said something that I would shift because of my experience as a hypnotist and also because of the law of attraction and focusing on what you want, not what you don't want. I wouldn't mm-hmm. want to say I'm not alone because you're still focusing on alone. Hmm. And the, and the I'm, I'm protected then. Yeah, I'm and, supported. And the subconscious doesn't hear not. Right, yeah. So if you say I'm not alone, subconscious only hears I'm alone. But again, it's just a language shift. But that's but so- it, it, cognitively, it's the language, but it's also how you feel about that. So if I if I say I'm not alone and I feel alone, that's where law of alignment and attraction comes in. But if I can say I'm not alone and I feel actually the opposite of that, I feel connected. It's a different it's a different experience. Does that make sense? Yeah, but I would still dispute that just because it's about focusing on what you want, not on what you don't want. Okay. In the languaging, because for yeah. me, when I say I'm not alone, that means to me, I feel what that means to me is I'm connected, I'm supported. I'm still going to sort of stick to my guns on that one and just say it's about like the word not when you say not alone, although for you, it might feel like a good statement. Generally, in the law of attraction principle, we wouldn't want to put it that way because the emphasis is still on alone not alone or alone. It's still about alone rather than say, as you said, I feel supported or I, I'm being looked after. Those are yeah. really positive statements. I think the really good lesson there is, yes, whatever language we choose, we have to make sure that we're using language that we feel is in alignment with what we desire, right? So the I am supported is what we're desiring. Yes. Yeah. And that that brings me to the point of the visualization in contrast with the visceralization, which is the visceral how you feel about things, mm-hmm. that's, that is the foundation there of that statement. How do you feel about it? Absolutely. And that's <clears throat> why vision boards don't necessarily work because people can just stare at them and without feeling it, without that gut response, that, that deep connection to the having, being, doing, feeling, whatever, Mm-hmm. nothing will happen. So you can sit and stare at your vision board till the cows come home, as we used to say. And uh, that's why you don't see a result. You have to be able to connect with that deep feeling. That's the juice. That's, it is, that's, it the, is. that's the energy. It's the fuel yeah. that, that, and, that creates the, the vibration that you then are emitting, that signal. That's, that's yeah. what gives it the power. If I if I kind of use another phrase that I've used before in sessions, the concept of trying to attract or trying to manifest into your life by doing, I'm not saying that you can't take action because action is absolutely necessary. Yes. But if you're if you're investing energy and and into forcing things or trying to force things to happen, or you're thinking so much about it, that can be the head work compared to the getting the vibration of how you how you feel about it first which can be the gut the visceralization or the heart how you, you know the head versus heart 
the heart work, if your heart is aligned and it can't be the heart aligned from lack, obviously, it has to be the heart aligned from the direction of the abundance, then we serve ourselves in moving everything forward. And you just brought up another point that reminded me of something, the heart. It's something like 5,000 times stronger in its uh, electrical energy or something. Is that how they describe it, I think, uh, than the brain anyway. So when visualizing, or you would say visceralizing, I love that, it, it can be really helpful to just put your fingertips or your hand on or over your heart and focus on the, the vision coming from your heart. Mm. It feels so different than just closing your eyes and sort of seeing it in your head. Can you explain what you mean by the vision coming from my heart? I don't know how else to say it. It's, it's just, okay, see if you can do it. Just kind of close your eyes for a moment and just mm-hmm. put your fingertips on your heart. Mm-hmm. And now think about something that you want and see if you can imagine it coming as if your heart is sending out that vision. Your heart is sending out that feeling. I, I can do it instantly. And what is a little bit surprising for me right now in in doing this at this moment is that I'm sensing a different beingness, if it's possible, because I'm now out of my head. I'm in my heart. Exactly. So there's a it's it's I know it's me, obviously it's me, but there's a there's a now distinct beingness to that experience when I'm actually focusing on the energy from the heart that feels slightly separate from me, meaning it's got its own way of being and kind of energy. Yes. Have you read anything or, or seen anything to do with the HeartMath Institute? Oh, yeah. I was, I was just going to mention HeartMath, yes, quite because extensively. That's, yeah, that's... yeah. That's what this is all about. I was just gonna I was just gonna bring them up exactly. Yeah. The work that they've done and the the tests that they did where they were showing people slides and the heart was responding before they actually saw mm-hmm. yeah. um that it's it's astonishing. But anyway, that's one really powerful way to add some extra oomph to your visualizing when you're manifesting is to imagine it coming through the heart. And it does, it's out of your head. So when you're sitting and just focusing, like you just said, there's this other kind of beingness. It's just mm-hmm. the pure love and feeling, and it comes from the purest place. But when you're visualizing in your head, at least for me, and for many people I've spoken to, they've, it, it can be really, that's why it can be so easy to go to all those questions. Well, how am I going to do this? And what about the yeah. you're head? And you're thinking, as you're visualizing, you're still thinking. So yeah. when you drop into your heart and you just send this pure energy, the vision and the feeling of whatever it is you're trying to create, it really helps to turf all of those questions and all that thinking that that's just like putting a big block on, on your manifesting. It is. And now that my teacher's mind is peeking back in or popping back in or actually coming in pretty loud and this is just my tendency being a teacher for so many years that I always 
think, okay, how can I take this? And here we go. What can I do with that? Right. What do I do with that to make that more active, right? To activate that. So my activation from what you just shared there, from my realization of what I shared with you is that I would love to practice and maybe actually a better word, because that's the verb. I would like to create a practice as the noun of be it hands on the heart, fingertips, however that works, asking my head, what does my heart want? So actually asking my heart, what do you want? Mm-hmm. And so I'm, I'm asking from a different place here. So when I'm realigning, there we go, when I'm realigning so that I'm attracting from a different perspective, the question that I really want to ask then is what does my heart want? And I can see clear as day, black and white, that an answer that I'm going to come up with, what does my heart want, is going to be so different from what do I think I should do now? Exactly. Yeah. It gets you out of that. And we were talking before about those questions, how this and yeah. how that, and what about mm-hmm. this and how that work. It, it can help to stop all of that as well, because it's, it's not about, or I said before too, about the specifics of what you're manifesting. It's not about the house or the car or the money. It's, it's what does your heart want? Your heart wants to feel good. It wants joy. It wants love. It wants freedom. It wants creativity. It wants happiness. That's where that becomes so pure and all that other stuff gets kind of turfed aside. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because when I'm asking, what does my heart want? What I'm doing actively then, just for me, just to kind of put it in context, what I'm actively doing when I ask my heart, what do you want? Or asking myself, what does my heart want? I'm actually prioritizing the answers to that question. So they're rising up in priority and they're kind of taking, not center stage, but the front of the line from the questions that might be, and how do I do that? And where do I start? And how long is it going to take? And how much do I have to invest in that kind of thing, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And actually, let's play with that for a second here. If I start with the question, what does my heart want? And I align with that answer. Does that not, rhetorical question, of course, does that not also then align us with our heart's desires, which because we're so aligned, actually now connect with the law of attraction with that which supports those desires. Do you want to say that one more time, please? When my heart, when I've asked the question, what does my heart want? And I feel in my heart and in my gut. So I visceralize as well how that feels as a result. I am aligned with that, what my heart wants And therefore, I'm going to attract from that level. Yes. And then I just have to add here, because I know know this is to be true for me, my next step forth, as it were, the way that I can support myself the most or the best in in the manifesting or the manifestation of what my heart desires is to not actually to actively resist the questions that might pop up. Okay, how's that going to happen? And when is that going to happen? And who's going to help you get there? All of that stuff there. In the absence of the evidence of everything showing up. So there's, again, that, that like I talked about that neutral, neutral zone, right? I, mm-hmm. I've been knocked down, kind of 
winded as it were. I can't pop right back up into, okay, I'm fine now. That's not going to happen. So I'm taking, I'm giving myself some neutral time, a couple of breaths, a couple of minutes, a couple of hours overnight kind of thing. In the same way, when I've aligned with my heart, what does my heart want? We have to go then neutral, which in the temple words, we say unconditional. So that if I don't see the immediate evidence of things showing up, I don't question myself. Yes, that's important because a lot of times people will say, well, I've been focusing on this for a week or two, or even a month or two. Or, or an hour, <laughs> an hour, yeah, where is it? <laughs> it could even be an hour. And why haven't I seen it yet? Well, as I like to say, you know, the, the, the law of attraction is gentle in that it gives us a bit of time to course correct because we often have uh, those fearful thoughts, the doubting thoughts, all the negative ones that we, again, are about what we don't want. And the quicker you can catch yourself and switch back to what you do want, the the less you have an issue with attracting what you don't want. Correct. Um, <laughs> but yeah, yay course correcting. <laughs> well, and the way for me to make it an easier experience of course correcting is to not allow myself to go too far in the direction of what doesn't feel good mm-hmm. by maintaining that state of neutrality. Yeah. Which means by being unconditional. This is what my heart, this is what I want in my heart. This is what I'm asking for. This is what I'm what I'm desiring to attract into my life. And even in the absence of any physical evidence showing up right now, I'm not going to doubt. I'm not going to be fearful. I'm not going to resist anything. I'm not going to try to figure things out. I'm going to give myself the peace of mind. I kind of like that, actually. I'm going to give myself the peace of mind of not getting in the way of what is coming to me. Yes. That's so important because it's so easy to block that flow, whether it's with self-doubt or whether it's with impatience. Mm-hmm. anything that kind of goes against just trusting that it will happen when it's meant to happen. And the more, I mean, the more you can do toward making it happen, I think that speeds things up as well. Mm-hmm. But, but again, there's still, there's just a big unknown. We never know when we just have to trust that it will happen. There, there's a lot to be said for timing. And if I reflect on my life experience, going back to the eighties, when I, when I manifested, I'll use the word manifested, mm-hmm. the experience of actually moving to Japan, leaving Canada to move to Japan to live for almost a decade, I manifested that experience over, it took a couple of months, maybe three or four months. And I set the intention, this sounds so, I don't even know the right word to use here. I'm, I'm a little bit embarrassed to say this, to, to share this. I set the intention that I was going to Japan after I finished university because I couldn't think of any other options. <laughs> I didn't know what else to do. So I, people would ask me, what are you going to do? I'm going to go to Japan. What are you going to do? I'm going to go to Japan. And that was a constant thought, which became a belief, which became my reality within about three or four months. It was, however, birthed on the fact that I didn't know what else to say. So in the same way that you said, always focus on the positive language rather than, I don't know what I'm doing, you know, I, I'm, I'm, a, I'm not alone saying here, I'm going to Japan, I'm going to Japan, I'm going to Japan. And all of a sudden, 
lo and behold, I was in Japan. You went to Japan. <laughs> I did. And it's it's remarkable how once I arrived there, everything came so easily. And I'm wondering, I just, I've never thought about this before, but I'm wondering if everything came so easily for me in Japan because I was in a place of receptivity. I was open to the experiences. It was a very foreign culture for me, obviously. The language wasn't foreign because I did major in Japanese at university. So the language was, I wasn't 100% fluent, but I was comfortable. But the culture and the experiences in the country were, were foreign to me really so therefore i didn't have any of the say of necessarily the same triggers that i had before or the same beliefs around how things should be because things were different so i was able to actually rather than going into fear i saw many friends in japan who arrived and kind of started working the same time i did holding a great deal of fear and resistance because it was so different how come they don't do it over here like they do it at home it's like because you're in a different country come on right I didn't hold any resistance to my experiences. I was open to anything and everything showing up. And not just now in reflecting on the fact that I wasn't holding any resistance, I was so open to the, every experience that the most remarkable things showed up for me. That makes so much sense. And that's to me, that's the most basic way to explain how the law of attraction works. Because even if people don't want to believe that there is this law of attraction, it's as simple as saying, uh, oh, I'll never get that job. You know, I'd, I'd really love to get such and such a job, but that'll never happen to me. And you won't see it. You will disregard if somebody says, oh, I heard of so-and-so who's got a job. You just think, no, I'm not going to get it anyway. They would never hire me. And you don't bother. You Same thing with it. relationships too. Yeah, exactly. It's, but it's like staring. It's like looking at the floor in front of you or the ground in front of you and walking forward you won't see what's going on on either side. It's like wearing blinders. So if there's an advert in the paper or there's just something going on, you just, you won't hear it. You block it out. Whereas if you are looking for a job or say looking for a house, what are you going to do if you're looking for a house? You're going to actually look for a house. You're going to and, go online or you're going to talk to realtors or whatever. And you're open to the opportunities coming into exactly. your experience. I, I, want, I want to reframe slightly what you said there because I totally agree with everything. So I'm not challenging you on anything, <laughs> but I want to reframe it a little bit here. So when we're talking about, for example, someone who says, well, I'm not, I'm not good enough or I'm not going to get the job or nothing's going to happen. And then I, they might come like be right in front of you, but you don't see them, for example. I want to add an element to law of attraction of magnetism, kind of like a magnet, right? Being attracted, the magnet, magnetic factor, as it were. Exactly right? what it's all about. That's why they call it the law of attraction. So here's, but here's, here's, yeah, here's my take on that. And I, and I just took it, actually, I could, I can put myself, interestingly, at an intersection in Yokohama in Japan, where it was very close to my house, which is the head, the beginning of this called Motomachi is the main kind of foreign street with all the shops and kind of like the, all the fancy stuff in, in Yokohama in the city. And I can feel myself standing in that intersection. And the example that you gave of somebody who has a belief system, which is the belief of the not things not happening, things not working out, things not showing up, for example, what I envisioned was opportunities kind of magnetically coming to them. But then when there's a sensation of, oh, but you're not open to this, you're resisting this. 
it's all then it's automatically repelled. It can't get into your field. It can't get into you. It won't even come to your mind or to your insight or to your thoughts because you're already repelling that because of your negativity. Exactly. Or, or your doubt or your fear. So therefore, being open is when we can, in law of attraction, magnetic terms, being open means I'm open. Ideas in the ether, as it were, out there are going to maybe, oh, sense, hey, he's open to some stuff here. They come kind of closer. And when they get closer, maybe the opportunities have an awareness that, hey, he's actually open to this. Magnetically, they, they connect with me. Sounds good to me. <laughs> That's that, that, it's a whole little image. I wish I could draw cartoons because I would actually love to illustrate that. But <laughs> maybe you can do that because you're a good illustrator. So maybe I can get you to illustrate something oh, like that. Thanks. I can see that in my head. I'm really visual. I, it's mm -hmm. easy to see things. So I like that. Well, it just kind of imagine a, a little cartoon character, you know, a little stick drawing if it has to be that in the, in the middle of, and there's opportunities all around, clouding, you know, kind of flowing all around but nobody's stepping forth or stepping into your little aura of your energy because it's negativity, which is actually repelling them away compared to somebody who's open and in the energy of literally attracting them in because you're open. Exactly. That's how I see it. And it, that's the easiest way to explain how the law of attraction works. Even if you don't look at it as that, if you don't think of it in those terms, it's just those people are, oh, yeah, there's some law that, that's stupid because <laughs> there are plenty of those people. But well, let's go to physics then. Sure, I'll take it to the science realm. Let's talk about it that oh, way. Yeah, okay. <laughs> that's just exactly what I'm, what I'm talking about is that mm -hmm. if you're not open, you won't see it. Well, let, let's just go to magnet, magnetic magnetism, the whole magnetic factor there. Mm -hmm. And it, it's, it's not surprising to me to witness people who are negative who attract people who are negative. And, and I've, I've certainly seen it in workplaces that I've been in where negativity attracts negativity and people are sitting around a table and everybody's complaining about whatever the hell it happens to be and they've attracted it in. And actually the, the deeper reality kind of truth for me in that is there's a comfort in being with people who agree with you. Yes. Yes. It validates you. It validates. It val there's validated. Yes, that was wrong. Or yes, they're an ass. Or yes, they hurt you. Or yes, whatever. And there, there's there's safety. That's kind of a thing. There's safety in in validation or being validated. Mm -hmm. Yes, you're right. They that was wrong. Yes, you're right. But yet it's coming from place of negativity. It's like whoa, man. And then. Sadly, it's a little bit more rare, I think, but to see individuals who gather together and come together out of places of inspiration and creativity and explore, exploration and conversation about the positive, that is so uplifting that that experience for me, that, that's my heaven on earth, right? <laughs> really, being with an individual or being with individuals and we're having these uplifting conversations and I think anybody can, who's listening to this or anybody can, who, anybody can relate to this, having an uplifting conversation with an individual or groups of people and somebody joins in and they're that real typical kind of downer. It's like, you just drop the energy. Yeah. It's like, okay, you just popped all of the balloons here because you've just deflated everything. That's what it feels like when 
the alignment is so different. Yes, exactly. It's an awful feeling, especially for those of us who are really sensitive to energy. Some people don't notice so much, but. And maybe that's one reason why some of us, me in particular, you as well, because I've known you for many years, we oftentimes, I'm hesitating to say always, which is actually kind of it. I'm, I'm super comfortable alone or yeah. with my little, my inner tribe, my close, my inner circle, as it were, of people who I know aren't going to affect the energy in a negative way. Yes. I'm very protective. And actually, let's play with that for a second here. I have, I've learned, ah, this is a really good lesson. This is a life lesson. I have learned over time that I must value my own alignment. And I must value how I feel. And I must not jeopardize that to please somebody else. Absolutely. Hallelujah. That one's been a long time coming for both of us. <laughs> and many mm-hmm. other people too. Gosh, mm-hmm. we use in various healing work and other guidance, consulting, coaching, whatever we want to call it. I can't tell you how many people I've run into who've had that same issue. Yeah. I guess what I've learned is, and it, it's the the language, the words themselves sound a little bit harsh or a lot harsh. I've learned to be more selfish in who I hang out with, who I spend time with. Because, and maybe it's because I, I do have that extreme tendency to be empathic and connect with the energies of other people. Mm-hmm. And therefore... I am no longer as willing as I was once to jeopardize my own alignment to please or appease someone else. I completely relate to that. And it's the same for me. I like to call it my energy diet. Yeah. Not, not being on a diet, but what is my energy diet? What, what, what am I feeding myself energetically? And I do not waste my time watching videos that have no interest for me or reading things. I mean, people are often sending me, you know, watch this, read this, look at this, you know, I don't know. (laughs) Time is the only thing we know. We've, we've only got a certain amount of it. We just don't know how much it is. And, you know, we both love ticking clocks and I have a ticking clock here in this room Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and I remember saying many years ago, I would say to people, and I've said it since, but I love the sound of a ticking clock because every tick means you're one second closer to your death. Or oh I use the I use the term death loosely, <laughs> you know. But to the I understand, yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and people would say, Oh, that's so morbid. And I'd say, No, what it does is it makes me value all the remaining seconds that much more. Every time there's one gone, the rest become that much more valuable. And I'm much more aware of the fact that I need to pay more attention to what I'm doing with those seconds. Mm -hmm. And that was probably 30 years ago when I first thought of that. Mm -hmm. And that's a lot of seconds. That's a lot of seconds that have passed. And so a lot more value in the ones that are left. Why there's a, there's a quote that I, that I, I remember and it's got great meaning 
for me and great value for me. It's a quote by Elizabeth Gilbert, author of Meet, Pray, Love. I so love her. And this quote, she says, don't make yourself smaller to make others feel better about themselves. Mm -hmm. And when we're talking about alignment of our energy and who we're connecting with and how they make us feel, that quote, don't make yourself smaller to make others feel better about themselves. There's so many layers and levels of meaning in that for me. Completely, yeah. And I love it so much because, especially as those of us who are nurturers and empathic, we believe, no question, we believe that we are here sometimes to make it better for others, if not more often than not, right? Mm-hmm. We, we keep the peace. We make everybody happy. We do, we do all of that. But sometimes it's to the detriment of our own selves and our own energy and our own being. And this is a very interesting, where we're steering here in this conversation is a very interesting one, especially given the times of isolation and all of this, where we are being offered opportunities now to go deeper into ourselves and how we're thinking and how we're feeling and how we're being, perhaps because we don't have the external distractions, as it were, or connections with it, with those who maybe have distracted our energies. And so to me, this is a very magical time of opportunity. Yes. Because in this time of self-reflection and it surprises me, I guess, when, when people are not comfortable being quiet or being alone for any length of time, because I've spent time in temples and caves on the sides of mountains. <laughs> it's a very comfortable place for me to be in a temple and not be speaking and not have to interact with people and converse or have a radio on or a TV on to keep me mentally, whatever, right? connected with stuff. Yep. Connecting on a different way. But in these times of isolation, when we're talking, I still want to bring it back to law of alignment, law of attraction. It's very insightful for me to recognize that in this time, especially when it was at the you know, at the beginning, when things were like all new and nobody really knew what the heck was going on and what the truths were, to be able to sit back and here we go, kind of like the Popeye punching bag being knocked down and kind of winded, right? to say to ourselves, okay, I'm not going to be necessarily, I'm not going to open myself up to being vulnerable to other people's energies that is going to knock me down and keep me winded so that I'm not able to be in this kind of clear slate state where I can actually connect with my heart and feel what does my heart want? Like, what, what do I want here? not based on what I don't want, but what do I truly want here? And sometimes what we want, what I've discovered for me, quite interestingly, is what I'm asking for now is very different from what I've ever asked for before. I'm asking for something which is different and evolved beyond what I was asking for last year and the number of years and decades before. Hmm. So I'm my asks are different and I'm making sure that I'm not muddying the mix of my vibration by investing time into individuals or energies that don't align with where where I want to be. Exactly. Fabulous. And that can take 
so many forms. I think you mentioned that before on different layers because it isn't mm. about the people. It's like I was saying about the videos you watch. It's the news. I, yep. I refuse to read or watch news. <laughs> uh, I always say I figure if, if if Armageddon is going to happen a week from Thursday after lunch, somebody will tell me. You know, I don't need to know all the ins and outs of the miseries in the world. The really important things, I'm going to hear about them, and I don't need. Well, to and also. I, I'm I'm not saying that I don't want to hear about them as much, but I don't. Here we go. Here's here's more clarification. I don't need to hear the details in order to clarify what I want. Does that make sense? Yes. And rather than needing to hear the updates and the details and all of this and the numbers and the stats and everything like that, I cannot serve myself or others or it doesn't serve me and therefore by extension i can't serve others through that depth of detail and information but what i can do is i cannot connect with that consciously just not connect with that and at the same time hold compassion so that i'm putting out the energy of healing and health and well-being as hokey as it sounds, for the planet and anyone who's affected by what's going on here, I need, I don't, I don't mean I need to as a responsibility, but, ah, this is kind of cool. I'm, I'm, I'm just questioning my, in my own head why is the word need. I need to for my own sanity, <laughs> maybe, <laughs> or it serves me to keep me sane. And I don't want to, maybe that's not the right direction 100%, but it serves me more. No, better language. I serve me more by disconnecting with that which doesn't feel good to me, that I have no control over, I can't really affect. And if I align with that energy, I'm actually reinforcing it, which is not a good thing. I can better serve myself and others by disconnecting from all of that and aligning with, again, what my heart's desires, which is health, well-being, compassion, connection, collaboration, all of that which feels better for me, for my family, for my love, my loved ones, for my community, and by extension for the humanity. I believe it's just and it comes back to a belief, I guess. I believe that I can be of better service to others. And maybe that's a teacher thing, I'm not so sure. But I can be of better service to others by consciously choosing what I'm aligning with. Yes, absolutely. That's, that's, again, you said it so much more eloquently than I would have done or than I did do. doesn't help that it's, uh, it's late for me and mm -hmm, <laughs> my mm -hmm. brains aren't quite as functional as they could be. But, uh, you know, that's, that's such an important point about that it serves when, when it serves you, then you can better serve others. And in the bigger and bigger picture, if you look at the ripples in the pond. Mm -hmm. um, and, and you said something before about being selfish. And that's, that has such a negative connotation, sadly. I love it when Esther Hicks uses it because Esther Hicks uses it in the positive. Well, that's what I'm... I love that. You yeah, have love to it. take care of yourself. If you don't... Yeah, no, I love it. It's like, you know, put your own oxygen mask on first. That's, we have to take care of yourself. Ourselves. You're in my head because you're you're taking the pictures out of my mind right there. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, it's it's absolutely true. And I mean, 
when we come from a, a place of being depleted, all that happens is we get resentful, we feel frustrated, we're exhausted, start just, you know, anybody needs something from you and you just want to bite their heads off. <laughs> or And if we go to alignment, if we align there, more of that is going to show up because the law, because the law of alignment, the law of attraction is going to be connected to the law of alignment. So if we're aligned there, more of that shows up. But you get exactly. So then you just keep repeating the pattern of feeling miserable and frustrated and resentful because those are powerful emotions. Yeah. Or even a little bit higher than that, doubtful, right? Doubtful. So for example, I have a dear friend who thinks I'll do it gender neutral. They are being pretty good with law of alignment, right? They're pretty good with this and they're pumping out the positivity and they're telling me how positive and how things are going to work out and everything's good. And then almost cons- almost consistently, if ever things don't work out, the first response I get back is, well, I didn't think it would anyway. I didn't expect it to. Oh, wow. And, th- I'm, and what I want to say to them is, so you got what you expected. <laughs> Right, exactly. which means you got what you aligned with. Mm-hmm. That was your expectation. It wasn't your intent. This is a cool thing. It wasn't your intention, but it was your expectation. There's a big difference there. Really- you intended high. You intended ten out of ten, but you expected less. And lo and behold, less showed up because you were aligned with less. Or the intention can even be impacted. So maybe it isn't so much of an intention as just a hope. And if it's just a hope. Mm-hmm. And you've got this other expectation, which is much more powerful than w- what you're hoping for is so not likely to show up. Yeah. Yeah. To me, that's that's absolute evidence of law of alignment, meaning where you're attracting from. So going back to this idea of the diet, the energy diet, not not a diet, but what is your diet of energy? Okay, this is where we broke, or well, I, I separated the uh, conversation, so head on over to part two for some more fascinating information and conversation. Hello again, and we're back in just a moment now with part two of the conversation I had with David Gross. If you haven't heard part one, you'll want to go back and listen to that because there will be references in the upcoming portion that go back to the first portion. So enjoy. It's something that I think it's something that we don't notice. We don't really think about so much. Generally speaking, it can be that the people around you. And usually when I talk about this, first thing I get is, yeah, well, but you know, my family is so blah, blah. And I, you know, can't distance myself from them or, it's colleagues or it's people that you're really close to and you feel like you're sort of stuck with them. There's still something that you can do. There's always something that you can do. Uh, It can be tricky, of course, with family, for example, where you have to be with them, but you can still limit the time you spend with them or you can set some boundaries with them or if they're, if you've got the sister who's always ringing and blah, 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 blahing about her miseries for days on end, you can maybe shorten that time or not be so available. It's, you know, I get that it's a complicated thing, but we can still take some control and try to minimize the time that we spend. Or as I said about boundaries and say, 
is like, and that's really a tough topic for a lot of people too, to kind of say, you know, really, you suck. <laughs> of course, we can't really do that. <laughs> Not in a positive way. <laughs> um, or when I when I when I'm with you, or when I feel, leave a conversation, I feel drained. Because what we're doing actually is we are trying. Maybe what what you're doing through no, maybe the intention through this stream of the conversation here is to not only draw our awareness to the fact of what is draining for us. Which so you talk about the concept of the the diet, right? As it were, mm-hmm. energetic diet is okay. What is nourishing us, right? Seriously, what is nourishing us and what is not? So there's an awareness of what is nourishing in how we feel and what is not. And then from that awareness, there is the deeper opportunity to actually be able to communicate that with someone without, and again, it becomes so convoluted here because depending on the relationship and the history, we don't want to hurt them. We don't want to piss them off, pardon the language, but we don't want to, we don't want to upset them. Right. We don't want to hurt them. We don't want to upset them. We don't want to have them feel like we're pushing them away, but we also have to be able to be aware of the need to establish or assert those boundaries that you talked about. Yes. And I would add too that, um, and, and most people would certainly relate to what you said about we don't want to hurt them or upset them or disappoint them, but we're not responsible for anybody else's feelings but our own at the end of the day. If they choose to feel hurt or upset or rejected or whatever else, that's on them. We still owe it to ourselves to speak up as respectfully and kindly as we can and say what we need and how we feel. They get to choose. We ne- Nobody can ever have control over somebody else's feelings. And there's that thing about pushing buttons. There are no buttons. We only teach people to treat us a certain way. They've learned that if they do this, we'll behave like that. They say this thing, they do this thing, we will respond a certain way. If we don't like that response, we get to change it. So they can then, pardon the expression, push that button. They can keep doing or saying the thing where they're trying to get the response and trying and trying and trying to get the response. And if we just decide we're not going to give it to them, well, eventually they get bored and they stop trying. So what you're actually saying here to me, the way that I interpret that is you you are counseling or outlining the experience of realigning our own reactions to previous, if we want to call them buttons or triggers, so that we're no longer triggered by what they were doing or saying or not doing or not saying. And therefore, by raising our own alignment based on our awareness, we are not triggered or we can't be triggered. We, yes, we get to choose whether or not we're triggered. And, and yeah. at first we might still feel it, but we mustn't show it. That's the difference because when you show it, when you show the response, then they go, aha, I've got a reaction. But it's like, if I were to sit here right now and say to you, David, get angry. I want you to be angry, David. Now, right now, be angry. Come on, be angry. <laughs> you know, I can say that all I want, or I could sit here and I could, I could, I can't imagine doing this, but just for the sake of argument, I could hurl insults. I could say all kinds, oh, that's terrible. I can't even imagine. <laughs> <But> <laughs> it's hard to even try to make the point. But, but 
to do that, you now have the opportunity to either jump on that wagon and go down the angry road, or you can be sitting there just laughing at me and being like, what the hell is the matter with you? Watching it pass down the road by me is like, okay, there you go. Off in the exactly. distance. Yeah, okay. Nobody so, ever has control over our feelings. Never, so actually, never, never. Correct. Although our language has taught us to say otherwise, right? Exactly. They made me feel this way. It's like, okay, well, actually, that's a whole different conversation. Yeah, but that's, that's but, just an important distinction to make because when is. you're dealing with distancing yourself from those family members or friends, uh, the, the source of your grief, uh, if when we can remove that element of worrying about how they're going to respond, then we get to just come from a place of honoring ourselves and being in integrity and in alignment with ourselves and what we need and how we feel and what's best for us, which will then enhance the relationship, if anything. It has um, the opportunity, yes, or at for least, sure. Yeah, or at least it, it kind of minimizes as much as possible any potentially negative impact, but we're only half of the equation. The rest is up to that other person. And actually what that might mean for some people, I'm just reflecting on people that I know who have chosen to act and react differently by realigning their awareness and their perspective of things. And they have, I actually, I'll make it personal too, because I now it was easier to think about other people because it was an easier one to say, oh, I remember that happening to them over there. But if I take it into my own life, some experiences of mine that you know of as well, by me realigning my energy consciously, which means I'm making a choice to not go there. Mm -hmm. I'm going here instead. Mm -hmm. So I'm not pushing it away. That's a very important point. I'm not pushing away the unwanted mm -hmm. because then I connect with it. It becomes, it becomes part of my mix, my vibrational yes. mix. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> so I'm not, I'm not pushing it away. I am just disassociating from it and moving forward away from it. So I'm not pushing it away. I'm moving forward. I am moving forward away from that, facing in a different direction. I'm forward facing. And by doing so, I my awareness changes my alignment of how I actually, bottom depth truth here, how I feel about myself. So I don't allow that situation or that individual to make me feel worse about myself. So how I feel is not a response to my connection with them. And as I move forward, I'm realigning so that what I'm actually, eventually, when I get into a place of actually asking for more, not based on what I didn't have, but what I do want. So it's not a mixed vibration of, well, I didn't want that. So I do want this. And I didn't like that. So I do want this, which to me goes nowhere because you've got a let's look at it. You got a plus five desire and a minus yeah. five. Didn't like that. Yeah. It, it, it comes back into neutral zone. Nothing happens. Right? right. So when I'm able to move forward and I'm feeling better about myself because I'm not connecting with that, which didn't, which made me, I, which I interpreted and I didn't feel good about myself. Then I align myself at a higher level and more and better things, experiences, individuals start to show up in my life when I can hold on to what's evolving, there we go. When I can be in the now and hold on to what's evolving and just feel that, well, okay, today, if you want to make it not macro, but not micro either, today feels better than yesterday. That's in a good direction, right? Then again, 
my today felt better than yesterday and the day before. Good, we're moving in a good direction here. And then over time, the days and the weeks and the months feel better when I'm aligning with that feeling better and not looking in the rearview mirror what made me what I what I didn't feel good about me when I was experiencing that because I just have to say what made me feel bad okay forget about the English and forget about the grammar Mm -hmm. forget about the semantics and the deeper crap there I'm not going to go there right now but what I didn't when I didn't feel good in connection with that when I don't even look at that don't even think about that don't talk about it don't mention it don't refer to it don't reflect on it I just move forward I'm in a more clear slate state of being. That's it, right? So that's maybe the ultimate for me then is to step forward into a clear slate state of being where I'm not reflecting on anything in the past that didn't feel good, didn't work out for whatever reason. I'm in a better state. I'm more aligned, more and better can therefore show up for me. Exactly. Or, or it does. Not not can. It does. It does. Yes, it does. It does, right? And then to make that even more powerful, there we go, to add more now power to that experience is when I, and so let's play, I'm going to go back to that neutral zone that I talked about way back. When I'm not looking back at what didn't feel good for me for whatever reason, and I'm in a clear slate moving forward and things get better and feel better and, and more comes to me then I add power to that equation when I do start to ask for more. And I have really good, clear asks that have nothing weighing me down to repel any opportunities coming to me. Yes. and So I become a little little attraction magnet, a little attraction (laughs) magnet moving forward. Yes. And actually, it's a big attraction. But that's, that's back to what I was saying about family when people are struggling with what do I do when I've got this toxic family around me or difficult family, challenging family, or even just one or two family members or friends, close friends, or those situations where it's messy and difficult. Unless you honor yourself and do whatever you can in the situation, and again, it depends on the nature of the relationship and all of that. But if we don't honor ourselves and do our best to set some clear boundaries with those people, even if it's just not, maybe you don't, if in, in some situations you don't even have to really say much, you can just kind of be too busy to get together really regularly or be too busy to return the call right away or stay on the phone too long or those kinds of things. But wherever we can start to pay more attention to how we really feel if necessary, say something. Sometimes it's as simple as saying, you know, I'm going through some stuff right now and I really need a little time on my own. It's nothing mm-hmm. personal. It's nothing about you or anybody else in the family or whatever it might be. I just really need some, some time. And even that can make a difference. But there's always something we can do to at least shift it as much as possible. Mm-hmm. I agree. And, and, for me, one of the ways of shifting, because I am Pisces and I tend to avoid confrontation at all costs, which is not the best thing on a karmic level, because sometimes you don't get the bloody lessons when you're avoiding stuff. Don't I know that one? <laughs> but but what I will do is I will take myself into a neutral space, which means I can go for a drive. Mm-hmm. I can go sit on a park bench. I can go to the gym. I can go and have coffee somewhere. But I will, I will take myself 
out of a situation that doesn't feel good in order to find a place that feels neutral so that from there I can begin to steer myself in a direction that I want to go in. Because otherwise, it's very easy, just from my personal experience, it's very easy for me to react. And those, and oftentimes reactions, if maybe, maybe always actually thinking about it, I don't know, but maybe always being in a reactionary state is not our highest state and doesn't really serve us at a highest level. Yes, exactly. Because, well, that's sort of what we were talking about before with the, the choice of reactions to what people say or do. We've always got that opportunity to decide how we want to react, but a lot of our reactions are habit. We don't think about it. We just react. That's the whole point. It's not acting, it's reacting. And when you become aware of those reactions and how they impact you, how they leave you feeling not very good, then it's easier to kind of say, um, oh, well, this is, this is what I keep doing to myself. This doesn't feel very good. What can I do differently? How can I respond differently? But you have to be aware first. Awareness has to be key. And actually that just brings me, and it might be a whole different conversation for a whole nother call, but the conversation around the concept of we become what we think about, right? The, the neuroplasticity and, and the, the brain rewiring in alignment with what we're thinking about. So that's an interesting way of using law of alignment here when the brain rewires according to align with how we're thinking, right? So that there are individuals that I know close to me as they are, known them for so many years, but they are aligned with energies that I don't want to experience in my life. They're aligned with doubt. They're aligned with fear. They're aligned with anger. Mm -hmm. They're aligned with grief. They're aligned with sarcasm. <laughs> They're aligned with bitterness. And I'm just thinking, man, I've, I've had conversations with a couple of friends over the years where we sit together side by side on a couch and I would steer the conversation in the direction of what felt better, kind of fighting with the wheel when we're already in the ruts of going down the road. <clears throat> and I would think I'm making, I think, I think we're making some progress here. And then I let go of the wheel for a second and phew, we're right back to where we were and everything is shit. It's like, Oh God, back in come the on. <laughs> come on. <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> so, but, but there are, let's look at this. The potential, the potential is the same. There's a potential for the rewiring of our thoughts. There's a potential for the realigning of how we think, how we feel, what we believe. So when we can take conscious actions to direct that direction that we're steering in, we have the power. And I'm thinking about a song from the 80s, but anyway, we have the power, right? We really do. Um, and power is a whole different thing from control. Power and control are very different things. And we have our own power, but we don't really have much control. <laughs> we have control over what we think. We have control over our choices. We can have control over our actions, but we have no control over the outcome. That's a good point. But quite often... Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> Go for it. <laughs> okay, we have no control over the outcome. You just ignited within me, reminded me of a story of, of a law of attraction 
evidence showing up and whacking me between the eyes. So obvious that I have to share if I can, because I'm looking at the time as well here. It's so important, though, when you said we have no control over the outcome. Okay, can I tell my story Please. briefly? <clears throat> so I, I, this is years ago, probably eight, nine, ten, maybe even longer. So maybe let's say ten years ago. And I know the vehicle that I was driving, and I know exactly where I was on the road when this happened. So I said to the universe out there, okay, law of attraction buddies up there, <laughs> kind of testing them a little bit here. I, I said to my, I, I, I designed an experiment in my own little mind. I designed this experiment to test whoever up there is involved with law of attraction and making that happen, the manifestation happen. So I said, I will believe you. I will believe in the law of attraction. Better language. You can convince me of the truth of the law of attraction by making this one thing show up in my life. And it was something that I would never buy. It would never be in my home. And I couldn't imagine anybody I know giving me, giving it to me. Okay. Mm -hmm. So I said to all the powers that be up there, okay, law of attraction cohorts up there. If you can manifest this in my life, I will never question you again. You've got my dedication and my ultimate belief. And my one object that I needed to manifest in my life as the absolute proof of law of attraction was an Oreo cookie. So my thing was, okay, law of attraction everybody up there all working together Honey, an oreo cookie i love it <laughs> manifest for me an oreo cookie and i will believe you okay. i will believe in you right mm -hmm. because i'm thinking so how is that going to happen is it going to show up as it like in a like on a seat and a plate like how's that going to show up right anyway so a couple of weeks went by and this was in the back of my head okay where's my oreo cookie buggers where's my oreo <laughs> cookie come on right <laughs> And then I drove out of the parking lot from the condo in the vehicle that I can picture it as if it's happened right now. It happened 10 minutes ago. And my intuition, as I drove out onto the main street, my intuition said, you should turn on the radio right now. So I turned on the radio and there was a song playing. And within breaths of me having turned on the radio were the words, in the song, Oreo cookie. There's a song about an Oreo cookie or where it was in. It was in the song. The lyrics. <laughs> it was in the song. Wow. I, it was not a commercial. It was not an announcer. It was in oh, the song. Maybe it's Googleable. I'm sure it must be. But anyway, but here's the thing. So when you said we have no control over the outcome, I set a test to the universe, whoever it may be up there, bring me an Oreo cookie as proof that law of attraction works. Yes. And within a couple of weeks, it did take a bit of time, mind you, it didn't happen instantaneously, but within a couple of weeks on the radio, when I was called to turn on the radio, my intuition said, turn it on now. And I did. Within two or three breaths, I heard music, 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 Oreo cookie. I love it. And that's, and that's when my, my mind went, okay. <laughs> I get it, right? So I love your point of we have no control over the outcome. Absolutely. 
because my Oreo cookie did not show up in form that I could ingest and take into my body <laughs> and savor the wonderful taste of all that deliciousness, but it did show up. Yes. And that might sound like a contradiction to my saying that you don't have any control over the outcome. And I'm saying, no, it's, it's actually, to me, it confirms it. It's confirmation, not contradiction. Oh, no, I, I know, but I'm saying some people might think, or what I meant to say was that some people might think that's, they're two different things. Well, you're saying if I do this and do that and think this and feel that and blah, 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 I can get everything I want. Well, mm, there are circumstances where it won't work. I mean, think about it. If, if you got 4 million women on the planet who want to marry Johnny Depp <laughs> and that's the thing that they're really focusing on, <laughs> well, that's just so not going to happen, right? Um, so there are certain things. I see, okay, I see where you're going with that example. Yeah. Okay, um, but but sort of in 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 our general experience, I mean, it's just there are certain things that aren't meant for us as well. I do believe that, and I think you know if it's not meant to be for you, or for example, relationships. Here's a perfect example of that. I often have people. I used to see this a lot when I was doing psychic readings and that kind of thing, and casting spells and other fun stuff with my, I was going to say extracurricular activities, but they weren't exactly that. They're part of my spiritual beliefs. But uh, I can't tell you how often people wanted me to cast a love spell on some other person or, um, or even the psychic readings. They'd want me to look into what somebody else is feeling or doing and you know, what's the ex doing or is he cheating? And those, that just, ugh. Um, but, but, that, but that's not but, law of attraction. No, I was just going to, I was just saying there's, there's, there's this issue with people who try to manifest a particular person into their mm. lives or relationships. Mm. So they'll have a picture of that person on the vision board. It might be the ex or somebody they haven't gone out with yet, but they got a crush on or something like that. When you start, you, when people, when we start um, putting our intentions like that onto someone else and trying to make that happen, you're taking away that person's free will. And, and that might not be the person who's meant for you anyway. It might be a really bad match. It could, you know, there are a million reasons why that's just really a bad idea. Karmically, I would so not want the consequences for that because... Mm -hmm. Like I said, you're messing with somebody else's free will. Mm -hmm. So so there are times when we won't get what we are asking for because it isn't meant for us or because it isn't right for us. Or in that case, that's just plain wrong because that person is also busy manifesting something else anyway. So there are, there are certain instances in which the law of attraction won't work and in fact shouldn't work, but... And, and that's why I say about not having control over the outcome or like, as you put it, I mean, that was a brilliant example. We have control over what we think, what we do. Uh, we, control over, we have control over the beliefs that we're aware of. We can start changing those if they aren't serving as well. But I mean, I, I remember having somebody say to me, well, but I can control what I wear. Are you trying to tell me I have control over absolutely nothing? Well, I can control what I wear on a certain day. And I said, well, sure, unless you're sitting at breakfast and you dump your eggs all over the front of your shirt. 
<laughs> you can't wear that shirt now. Well, I guess you could wear it to work, but you probably wouldn't. <laughs> so, you know, other circumstances get in the way sometimes. Other things happen and and it it alters the course of what we're trying to attract. But that doesn't mean we shouldn't still have some sort of a plan, some sort of an idea of what it is that we want to bring into our lives and still stay focused on the feeling of it, which again brings us back to, well, there's a little bit of a conflict there because we need to be kind of specific about what we want. That helps the universe to know exactly what we want. It can't be too wishy-washy, but you still have to leave room for it to be up to the universe about how it's delivered, like with your cookie story. That's brilliant. Mm -hmm. love that. That's mm -hmm. a great story. It, it shocked me when the realization hit. Oh, but that is that is exactly what I had asked for, but it didn't show up in the way that I thought it that I thought it would. So that be careful what you wish for thing, and and mm -hmm. you never know what you're going to get. You have to be really careful when you're yeah. when you're busy. It's like this one. This is a. It's like saying, "I want a million dollars. I want a million dollars. Thank you, thank you, thank you. I have a million dollars. I can feel my million dollars. Blah blah blah. I'm attracting a million dollars. Well, unless you're really careful." You could end up having a car accident, being injured severely or left paraplegic or whatever. And now you've got a million dollars insurance money in the bank. The universe has a very twisted sense of humor. We have to and there's somebody, I don't know who it is, and I certainly can't quote them. And I can't even tell you who it was, male or female, I can't remember. But there was somebody I saw online who was doing visualizations that were into visceralization. So it was all about the feeling but it was a series of statements that I have this and this and this and this and this, and it really covered all the bases, right? So I have the million dollars and I'm happy and I'm with somebody that loves me and I'm healthy and I keep the money and I whatever, like all of that kind of stuff there, right? Like every, every base was covered. And I thought, yeah, okay. <laughs> I guess actually, here we go. Now I'm going back into my Zen temple kind of experiences here with the unconditional concept or the concept of being unconditional and it's just me it's just my personal reflection just me if i'm happy and i'm healthy and i have healthy relationships and people in my life who love me and i love what i'm doing and i'm passionate about what i'm doing and i'm creative in what i'm doing because that's very important for me and i'm sharing what i'm doing and people's lives are being touched by what i'm doing doesn't matter what it is doesn't matter what title I have, doesn't matter what the job happens to be, doesn't matter if I'm working for a big company or corporation or working on my own in my bedroom. If I'm doing what I love and I'm happy and I'm healthy and I have people that love me in my life and I have things to look forward to and I'm sharing and I'm creating and I'm inspiring and I'm being inspired, I really don't care about the specifics of how that shows up if I'm feeling that good in all those different areas. And that's perfect. That's basically what we've been talking about, that it's about reaching for that feeling and those generalities of what you want because the relationship, the house, the car, all of those things are about the freedom to be able to enjoy those things. You want to have the home where you can then have the relationship and have the family, have the friends over those kinds of things. Maybe you want the car so you have the freedom so you can travel so you can go places and have those experiences that will light you up. So it's always that one step beyond. It's not about the things. It's about what's the experience that you want in your life. It is, although now I'm a little bit conflicted in my own head. <laughs> <laughs> because when I lived in Vancouver for seven years, I manifested 
an absolutely, what's the best word? I manifested a life of freedom. I manifested a life of creativity. I manifested a life of inspiration and relaxation and contemplation and sanctuary. I manifested this most beautiful life. I had no couch in my apartment. I had no coffee table. Mm-hmm. I had no kitchen table, as it were. You know, I ate at the desk that my computer was on, for example. And I was happy. I had a bedroom that had no bed in it because I didn't feel a need for that, right? I was happy. So on the one hand, I was extreme, 100% content in my life. And then when I came back and moved away from Vancouver, in reflecting, I said to myself, and I didn't, I said to everybody up there, whoever's up there, so how come I never had a couch? <laughs> how come I never had a coffee table? Like, why didn't, why didn't I have that stuff that normal people have? And the answer was, the answer for me was, because you didn't ask. So on the one hand, I'm conflicted because I was so happy without those things. But then in, in retrospect, I'm thinking, well, why didn't I have a couch? Why didn't I have a bigger, better, whatever it happens to be, right? So there's that fine line there, that, that blending between how definite should I be in my asking Maybe maybe how definite I should be is less important as how confident I need be in how I want to feel. That might be the best way I can put it. I need to be, and, and I am more confident in how I want to feel, how I want to be, how I want to live my life than I am depending on certain conditions to be in place for them to facilitate that in me. That sums it up pretty perfectly. But it doesn't mean that I'm not open to still having my beach house in Thailand. <laughs> I'm open to that. I'm totally open to that with the infinity pool and emptying out into the ocean. I've, I've had it. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm open to having that again. Mm-hmm. Oh, here's the kicker. There we go. I got it. I'm open to having the beach house in Thailand on the beach with an infinity pool that is right on the edge of the ocean. I'm open to that. But in the absence of that, I'm not going to feel regret or angry or disappointed in any way. So it's not a condition that needs to be in place for me to be happy. Yet it is a condition which, if it's in place, can still make me happy, but it's not a condition in the absence of which I'm not happy. Yeah, and the the focus, again, needs to be on the happiness, Mm -hmm. that experience. So it's it's just a fine line, and that's where I'm a little bit conflicted. It's a fine line between I'm happy, I am, and I have these desires. I want to be able to go back to the beach house in Thailand, for example. I want to be able to, well, all this, all this non-being able to travel stuff as well. I want to be able to travel when travel is like it was before, mm-hmm. if whatever that means, and enjoy the experiences of the experiences of living in different countries and living in different cultures and getting to know different people. I love that. And I want that. And I want to attract that into my life. Here we go. But in the absence of that, I don't feel lesser of myself, which would mean pinching myself off from those opportunities showing up. That's what it is. I can ask and I can be open. There we go. I can, I can ask for them. I can be open for them and I can allow them in because I'm open to them coming in, which means if they do show up, magnetically they're attracted to me and here they are. Yep. 
But at the same time, if I were to hold the condition of they need to be there for me to be happy, that snips the magnetic attraction in the butt, right? Or in the <laughs> bud, whatever, whatever. To me, it's always been in the butt. That snips that magnetic attraction factor there so that if I hold myself conditional, my happiness conditional upon those things being present, they actually can't even show up. That's a bit of a kicker, but it's if I hold myself conditional upon those things that I'm asking for showing up in order for me to be happy, yeah. and therefore I'm not happy now, that right there means that they can come close, but they will never magnetically connect with me. Right. You'll just get more not happy. Yeah. But if I can be happy now and ask, they can show up. Well, and not they do. I was saying, in the, I think fairly early on in our chat, it's about grabbing onto that feeling of happiness, even when things around you don't feel so happy. If you're focusing on all that doesn't feel right, you're going to keep getting more of what doesn't feel right. It's important to find something, a memory uh, of, a, of a happier time and something you would like to do again, if that's the way you have to look at it. Or even if it's music, anything Anything that makes you feel good, you have to grab onto that feeling and hold on to it. And the more you can sit in that feeling, it can help to kind of lift your energy and start to get you unstuck from that miserable place. And it just, it's like opening a door to allowing that the place of just feeling better and being able to attract more of feeling better. And then those things that will happen to actually make that be more substantial in your life and not just a kind of a momentary feeling i agree 100 percent. interestingly that took me to a thought of of the law of attraction magnetic energetic connection to what it might mean for people who have what we what some would call everything they've got the seven figure salaries they've got the big houses and the cars and the related and, and whatever else the families and the vacations and everything else and then they lose things. They lose it. And I'm wondering if they lose it because actually what they thought would make them happy, those conditions that they were thinking would make them happy, did not. And inside they were not happy. So actually after they attracted it and it's manifested for them, perhaps, I'm not saying this can be true for everybody. I'm not, I'm mm -hmm. not going there because I would never claim to have that ability. But I'm wondering if people who have had a lot, who have lost a lot, have lost it because they've actually lost themselves and the happiness or contentment that is required to some degree to maintain that attraction factor of things coming oh, in. Oh, yeah. That's really powerful because while they're thinking they want it or that that's going to make them happy, they're still focusing on the happy. Oh, if I have that, I'll feel happy. So they're still, they're tying those two together. These things equal that happiness. So they get the things, and then the happiness doesn't last for whatever reason, and yeah, lose the things. Their alignment shifts down into the unhappy, sad, yep. depressed, yep. whatever else, and that energy becomes the p repelling energy of everything they'd attracted, poof, gone. Mm -hmm. I don't know, that, that's more maybe of a, of a kind of a movie movie track kind of thing, a movie story, whatever the hell you call it. That, that's more of a, of a script for a movie maybe than in reality for a lot of people. But I'm just wondering if there's a connection to that. Because oh, I believe that happens. And then also <clears throat> you, know, you can get 
issues like, well, I didn't really deserve that happiness might be holding on to the feeling of how, how great it's going to be. But when they've got it, if there's still some deep seated kind of, you know what, I don't really deserve this. You can and going back, going back to my friend that I mentioned there, if there's a, if there's a deep seated, maybe even subconscious, I don't deserve this. So it does manifest because there's a desire there, a strong desire, it manifests, but the deeper alignment is I don't deserve it. Then it, is gone and then the statement from this friend of mine where they would say i knew it wouldn't last mm. rather astounding words and you know the body's listening I often think about people saying things like oh my head is killing me my back is killing me it's like a knife in my heart um any of those kinds of words you can actually set the, the, off. The, sim- the simple one for me is it breaks my heart Mm-hmm. Right. It's, it, it's I used so, to say that all the time, and then I was having heart attacks in my thirties with no there you risk go. factors. Like, yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no risk factors. I had a fabulously healthy diet. I got loads of exercise, and uh, I, I didn't smoke. I rarely drank. You know, a glass or two of wine now and then, and um, yeah, I was doing everything right. I was underweight. Bam. So I don't say mm-hmm. that anymore. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, but yeah there's so many things we can if you keep saying my head is killing me my head is killing me my head is killing me when you have a headache before you know it you might end up with a brain tumor or an aneurysm or some other thing or a stroke yeah 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 so i have mm-hmm. to be so careful about words it's not just it's not just the, the words we're sending out in terms of our vibrational frequency you know, with the signal, the as we've been talking about for this conversation, it's not just, or even in our thoughts, but we're sending that out. It's what it's doing in our bodies. Our bodies are listening always. Every thought you have, your body's paying attention because the brain just creates these wonderful chemical messengers and uh, with every thought, and it'll, it's constantly, it's just constantly sending those messengers to every single cell in your body. And they say, I, I want to 70 or 80,000 thoughts a day. To me, that's just like one continuous thought. And that flow never stops. So I, I, it's always yeah. I, I do want to connect the, your word in this, in these statements of thoughts to beliefs as well, because it's, it's what we think consistently that becomes a belief. And so the beliefs that we repeat to ourselves are the ones that, we're calling it in that's law of attraction to me at its finest we're calling yeah. it in and that works both ways because the the thoughts become beliefs which is why affirmations work to undo some of those damaging beliefs but then our beliefs create our thoughts believe we can have mm-hmm. beliefs from other things too beliefs come from observing circumstances observing mm-hmm. situations and we draw conclusions about them and then you deposit them into the bank of your subconscious and there it is sitting there waiting to bite you in the backside if it's something that isn't necessarily a very helpful belief. Yeah. But yes, but thoughts also create beliefs and then they create, and then the beliefs create new thoughts that keep us stuck. Mm -hmm. I always say it's like having a crazy little maniac running around calling all the shots in your life, your subconscious. It's got all these beliefs in there and it's just like, I always see this little, hairy ball with fangs, big eyeballs, like a little two-year-old on steroids, (laughs) tearing around in there. And, you know, it's like putting a two-year-old behind the wheel and saying, go for it. 
um, oops. <laughs> so it's so important to start examining. Well, that gets back to what we were saying before about way, way before about the why of things, or the why of why things are showing up. And I didn't necessarily mean that sort of deeper why or the, like all the specific little whys, but more the what's going on inside me? Why am I creating this? What am I believing that is making me create these situations again and again? Or call in these situations, call yes. Call in, yeah. Mm-hmm. And Which is aligning with these situations, yeah. Yes, and when we start looking at Okay, so what is this situation? What I think that's when we go to a, that's where we go to a trained therapist. Yep. Well, <laughs> and that's, that's certainly a good option. But <clears throat> just again, it's about awareness. Like what, what do I believe about myself if I keep finding myself in that situation or this situation? Do mm-hmm. I believe this is all I'm worthy of receiving? Do I believe I'm worthy of abusive relationships? Do I believe I'm only deserving of a minimum wage job? Like what? What is it that's? Where's that coming from? And even that can open that door to starting to have more awareness. But as you said, trained therapist would be helpful. <laughs> but you have to start well, somewhere. You have to, especially least- if we go, if we're going down a rabbit hole of of all of the unanswered questions. That I mean, there there's a potential there that that we could be a danger to our own selves because of we don't know where to go and we don't know how to get help. Right. So exactly. there there will there can become a point in time where okay, I'm aware of this now. And maybe, maybe this is where the point of discernment comes in. I'm aware of this now. I'm aware of what's going on. I'm aware that it's being attracted to me and I'm attracting it for a certain reason. Oh, I'm aware now that this is these are my beliefs. And, and if I can actually shift those or go into my neutral state and then begin to shift them on my own, have at it. Mm-hmm. But if I can't, get some help. Exactly, yeah. But it's important. It was just... My statement was just about kind of recognizing, oh, there's there's something going on because a lot of us just kind of stumble through our lives and just accept whatever happens without really understanding that there's something that might be creating those situations. And it's going to come back to us. So it's also the willingness to be able to actually allow ourselves, maybe only in our own in our own little small world here, allow ourselves to be vulnerable and say something I got to work on or I don't know, or I don't know what to do, but some, something that allows ourselves to step into our own vulnerability and have that be okay. Yes. And again, allowing that forward movement by mm-hmm. saying, well, I don't like how this feels, but <laughs> it's getting better every day. Mm-hmm. Um, I wanted to bring up one other thing and I th- think we're probably uh we could probably talk for days on this topic but we kind of whipped past it in a hurry at one point timing i mm-hmm. am kind of of two minds on the timing issue with law of attraction and i've heard teachings in both camps one being be specific pick a time and then the other camp that's about divine timing and just let it happen when it's meant to happen I tend to kind of, for, for me, I, I think I kind of, I use both, but it depends on what it is. There are certain things where I feel like if I take certain actions, I can, and we're back to this thing about having control over certain things. 
certain things I sort of feel like if I set a date on that, almost like a, not a, I can make it kind of loose. I usually in my manifesting brain will say things like on or around or on or before or on or after. So there's still a bit of flexibility there for the universe to do its thing, but I'm kind of saying this is when I would really like to see this show up, but I'm still acknowledging that it's out of my hands really. And then there are other kind of really big things like a relationship or something like that, where I really, I wouldn't, I wouldn't want to put a time on it because I don't want to end up attracting the wrong person just because it meets the deadline. <laughs> you know, these bigger things where maybe but a you, lot of you, other you, things need to you, attract, you can't attract the wrong person if you're aligned. <laughs> True. <laughs> Thanks for that. I was just trying to come up with a I understand. Possible. So, I'm just trying to make the point about the generalizing and there's certain things where I think, you know, those little tiles, remember those little, the little puzzle, the tiles, eight tiles and the, and the empty one, empty square, you know, to move the tiles around to make a picture. Mm-hmm. I always sort of think of it like that with those mm-hmm. bigger things where you're wanting to call in that wonderful person or the great job or those kinds of things that might take some universal finagling <laughs> to make this happen, move this and this and that and that. I kind of see them up there going, shh, boom, <laughs> dropping the tile into place, you know, as each thing kind of happens. And we just have to sort of wait until it's made its way through all those before we get whatever it is we want. So there's some things where I, I just wouldn't put a time frame on. What are your thoughts about? I've, I've got, I've got, it's the fork in the road, two different directions, although they're actually running parallel. The one that, the one that I'll start with is the divine timing one, because I truly believe in that. Mm-hmm. And the reason why it's easier for me to believe in the divine timing of things is because I don't have any, to use the word control, over the outcome or over the time, or over when it's manifesting. So I'm living in faith, I'm living in trust, that in divine time this will happen. From a law of alignment perspective, from my energetic, magnetic perspective, I'm not in resistance then. I hold no resistance, right? Because I'm trusting in divine time. I hold no resistance, which means things can show up to me faster. Contrast that with setting a date. I want this by September the 1st. I want this by January the 1st, for example. To me, in setting a date, the, I got to find the right word here, the potential saboteur of setting a date is when we question and doubt ourselves when things aren't showing up in the timeline that we have set. Yes. So if we set a date and we set a time and we can't hold consistently that vibration of the trust and the faith and the knowing and the believing in something showing up, so it's getting closer to the date, closer to the date, closer to the date, and man, it's not here, and now I'm starting to question myself, I've just lowered my own alignment of my vibration into doubt and fear, perhaps, and anger and some hey, pissed off at this, like, where are you now kind of Mm -hmm. stuff, Mm -hmm. which means we've just pushed it away. It's kind of like the image, and this is a story that I'm sure many people have heard before, the image of, or the story of kind of like somebody digging a tunnel to try to get to the other side, 
and they've been digging and digging and digging and digging and digging and digging and they just they just like I'm just and they eventually run out of steam as it were and give up and they're like two inches from <laughs> exactly two inches or whatever away from having having broken through had they just kept on going there yeah. but but the reason they gave up is because they gave up mm-hmm. so in the whole timing thing here it's easier for me to trust in divine timing because I don't have any control over that which means I can stay in I it's easier for me to stay in my belief that it's going to happen. Yeah. However, if I were to set a timeline, my choice, my decision maybe implies or infers either whatever side of the coin you want to look at here that, Hey, I have some control over this stuff manifesting. And if it's not, I'm doing something wrong. I need to do something differently. I'm not doing it right and therefore, I'm actually lowering my own vibration and therefore repelling that which was magnetically coming to me. Now I'm pushing it away because of my own alignment. So here's the thing. If I'm able to set a time or a timeline, time frame, and I like your say, you know, on or around or about, because so certainly if you, if you look at the universe and here we are on a rock hurtling through space in the universe and we're never in the same space that we were before, then what is time really is that kind of thing, that whole concept mm-hmm. there, right? So who is to say at this point in time, on this calendar day, on this time of the clock, at this location, this is going to happen, like seriously? Mm-hmm. Anyway, <laughs> if we can say, and maybe maybe this is an interesting way of putting it. I don't know. I can, I can still see value in putting a, a calendar. Okay, I want this to happen by here. I, I can get that. But it also is conditional. There's a condition again, which I don't like so much upon us maintaining our alignment with how much we believe in ourselves and everything showing up in that time. So we don't quit a couple of minutes or hours or days before it was going to show up because we've given up already. We've doubted and we've come in there with doubt and fear and questions, right? Yeah. So on the other one, on the other hand though, pardon me. That's a great point. On the other hand though, setting a timeline and saying like, why, why can't we kind of combine the two and say, this is what I want to have happen. This is what I want to experience. And I take the be, do, and have. The, I mean, I taught those for years ago, right? You can, you can be and do and have everything you want. Mm-hmm. I add C because I do want the manifestation and I want experience. So be, do, have, C and experience. So I kind of add those extra two here. If I put it up there to all, whoever's in control of this law of attraction and making all this stuff come together for me and say, this is what I want to be, do, have, see, and experience – Without it, without it having to be in a certain time and maintain my alignment as I go along, it's been my experience that what I have asked for and desired has shown up faster than if I were to put a date or a time to it. Because the date and the time, the date and the time for me are, are just for me personally, the date and the time for me are conditions that ultimately have the great potential of triggering within me the conditions that if they don't show up, I don't believe it anymore. Yeah. And that's one of the reasons that I don't usually do that. Or like I said, if I do, I put that flexibility in it. And I still, whenever I'm doing my visualizing on anything where I do have a date in mind or a general timeline in mind, I still always kind of end it or I have this knowingness about it that if that isn't meant to be the right time, I'm okay with that too. It, it's kind of like I have this little PS on the end. It's like, but you know what? 
whenever it happens will be great. I don't focus so much on the timing. It's more on the whatever the thing is. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of, it's almost like, oh, and by the way, if it could be around then, you know, like I don't, it's, <laughs> but some people really do get specific. But then you look at somebody like Napoleon Hill, when he wrote Think and Grow Rich, he says, pick a specific date. Mm-hmm. Earl Nightingale, same thing, but mm-hmm. he's basing his on on uh, Napoleon Hill, but same thing, pick a specific date. And they're really emphatic about that. I think it's... I, I, I don't hold resistance to the picking of the date, but what I do hold resistance to is the resistance that I might hold on to because I feel beholden to making it happen by that date. So actually what I'm doing is I'm I'm assuming control over the wheel, driving the vehicle as it were moving forward to make things manifest by me setting a date and thinking I have to do it. Yeah. And questioning and everything if it doesn't show up. I think I think it really depends a lot on your level of trust in it'll still show up even if it isn't around that time. And I guess that's how it is for me that I may pick that date and I'm still okay with it being whenever it shows up. Mm-hmm. But I think... Yeah, I totally agree with what you're saying. And then, of course, there are other people who feel completely confident about a date or a time and they hold to it and it works for them. And I have another thing that happens. Maybe you've experienced this because I'm highly intuitive. We'll call it that. <laughs> Understated. <laughs> um, sometimes I just feel like I know I, like I know, I, I know something's going to happen on a certain time. Mm-hmm. And I, I can't explain why I know. And and it happens at that time. Mm-hmm. So when I have that feeling, it's easier for me to kind of go into then. But here's, here's, here's the difference for that. That to me is a multidimensional experience because what's actually happening is you are not calling it in as a law of attraction, calling it to you. It's calling you to it. Ah, I love that. And you would know, Mr. Channeler guy. (laughs) (laughs) It's calling you to it. You've already seen it manifest. And all you're doing is just being to be drawn to what's already there. Hmm. Well, then something really cool is going to happen to me around October 1st. There we go. (laughs) But isn't that then also a deeper or more intense way of looking at law of attraction and say, I want to get into a place where I have that knowing that it's going to happen. Because that in that state of knowing, there's no doubt, there's no disbelief, there's no questions, right? There's, it's a knowing. Mm-hmm. Absolutely is. And I can't change it, no matter what. I'm really intrigued by the concept of you having a knowing. Like, it's just a gut feeling of something great is going to be happening. Which tells me, and maybe I'm just reading into this and assigning my own meaning to this, but that tells me that you don't know exactly what it is. You don't know what it's going to look like or how it's going to show up or what it's going to be even, but you just have a feeling, man, something amazing is going to happen on October 1st, for example. What if that deep-seated-in-your-gut knowing, not what if, that allows you to stay in a place of belief, a, a place of trust, a place of faith, if you want to call it that, a place of connection to that experience manifesting. Because if we look at it multidimensionally, it's already manifested as calling you to it. What if that experience of feeling something at that level of intensity of knowing is actually 
the way that we should be approaching law of attraction. We And here we go. I don't know if I've actually shared this in this interview yet with you, this conversation with you, but this is a really important point. In sessions that I've been doing for decades, this phrase, right, to what degree of intensity can you feel that future potential is your current reality? Mm-hmm. In this experience, what you've just shared there is you have that intense sense of what's going to happen. Something is going to happen. Well, and in this case, it's a specific thing. That. Yeah, there we go. And it's and it's coming to you. So that's good. So you might not have all the details in place and it might show up a little bit differently, but it's mm-hmm. going to be there, right? Mm-hmm. So what if that actually is the insight into, and this beloved ones, as those above say to us, and this dearly beloved ones is how you manifest with magnificence by feeling to what degree of intensity you can feel that future potential as your current reality when you can feel that and it's unquestioning, unwavering, unconditional as well. Mm-hmm. And and I have been seeing, there have been several signs yeah. that I, I can see it. The thing, the thing that so, I... Been... So look at this as well. Isn't it quite remarkable? Rhetorical statement. It is quite remarkable how law of attraction, when we talked about this, don't give up in the absence of the evidence showing up right now, right? Mm-hmm. But those signs are the little micro pieces of evidence. Have to pay attention to the signs because those will those will help to validate. And and it, if it's the Oreo cookie, cookie kind of thing, you might not get any signs. <laughs> it's, it was a simple thing. It's either there or it's but, not, right? But the here's thing but here's a yeah. I'm creating and in my. I had kind of a general, a much more general time frame, but all of a sudden it was like I was told, oh, October 1st yeah. or around October. Yeah. yeah. There. But, and, and all of a sudden, so now, now that's the time it just keeps coming up. Like I feel it in my guts. I absolutely uh-huh. know it. And uh-huh. then these little things started to happen. And the first few times it was kind of just, oh, that's a lovely surprise. And then after a few of those, I went, oh, wait. Oh, exactly. These are like the breadcrumbs yeah. on the trail. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. For some, it can be numbers. For some, it can be objects. Whatever it happens to be, mm-hmm. when they start showing up and they're consistent, recognize them, acknowledge them, connect with them, hold gratitude if you want to for them, mm-hmm. and use them in a way to kind of fuel absolutely that moving forward i do that i sit and i think about it and and i just i'm like a little kid yeah and i i I probably even squeal like a girl yeah little kid i don't know (laughs) i just get really excited just like it's exciting it is when you actually see wow this is really working and and i've got loads of stories of manifesting and some of it hasn't been such happy stuff i have manifested some scary well we can manifest either end of the stick right? absolutely uh yeah things i have feared and feared and feared at a really deep gut level presto there it was well not so quickly but yeah mm-hmm. super powerful have yep. to be careful have to be vigilant and that doesn't mean never ever think you're going to have a doubt or a fear and oh dear it's going to happen right now because that's what we said before about the course correcting it won't it won't happen immediately and also 
very important to be aware and maintain the awareness around the overall. So if you have a momentary slip up and doubt and fear or frustration, whatever, you don't have to do that trying to suck it back in. It's like, oh, I didn't let that out into the universe. It's like, no, overall, that just you're going in the right direction. To it. <laughs> well, it does. It does. It just fans the flames of that one. So no, just overall, it's all good. It's in this direction. It's moving forward. If you yeah, want to put a date on it, it's okay. And reminding yourself that those fears and doubts are just, they're normal. Those are there to protect us. It's that human ego instinct thing to keep us safe. It's that's, that's, that's its original feature was to try to protect us. So when you can kind of at least acknowledge it and be like, yeah, okay, Mr. Fear. <laughs> I, I get Frank. Maybe let's call it Frank or uh, Phil or Phoebe. I don't know. Let's give it a name. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Like, Okay. Okay. I, I get that you're trying to protect me from something. It's okay. I'm I'm good. I I hear you. I'm paying attention, but I'm I'm all right. Mm-hmm. And just acknowledging it can kind of minimize it, and then it allows you the opportunity to move into that place of neutrality that you mentioned, or yeah. the progressive statements that I mentioned. Mm-hmm. And exactly. and then you can start adding. Well, yeah, that's how I'm feeling, but. And then look over here to the, mm-hmm. the positive thing. But I'm creating this. This is what's mm-hmm. really going to happen. I'll be fine. Mm-hmm. I think, okay, so right there, just to piggyback on what you said there, because I'm looking at the time too. I don't want to keep mm-hmm. keep you going forever. Mm-hmm. Is the importance and the value of recognizing kind of signposts along the road, as it were, the signals or the signs or the little bits of evidence mm-hmm. that are showing up and just recognizing them, acknowledging them, being aware of them, holding gratitude for them and using them to maintain the momentum moving forward. Absolutely. That's right. So it's not an all or nothing kind of thing. It's like, no, there are signposts all the way along there that just kind of just keep adding some fuel to the tank or adding another log of wood to the fire kind of thing. Like it just keeps it going, keeps it going, keeps it going. Yes. Yep. Yeah. And it needs to be looked at that way because any sort of manifesting you're doing, especially for big things, it's a marathon. <laughs> well, it, and if you think about it, if you're going from seed to oak tree or acorn to oak tree in one snap, it's like that's not going to happen. No, that will not happen. So, if you plant the oak, the acorn, look at bamboo as well. Growing, like you know, spending a lot of time oh, in Japan, yeah, I certainly had incredible. that, right? But it's but it's remarkable <clears throat> to recognize that we can't give up on it when it's still in the seedling format and it's growing. It's like, give it time. It's germinating. It's growing. Just let it be without questioning. And don't go in your garden and start picking up the little green shoots that are sticking out there saying, grow faster, grow faster. (laughs) (laughs) Like seriously, not going to happen. Yeah. As soon as you put impatience, frustration, urgency, desperation, any of that into anything that you're trying to create, kiss it bye-bye. Well, it it muddies up the energy. It's discordant. It it's not in alignment with what you want. Nope. It's in alignment with what you don't want because you're reflecting the absence of it. Well, my friend, have you got any final thoughts? Not final, but final for the moment. <laughs> <laughs> we'll never have final am, thoughts. Am I closer to something here than you that I than you know? Days, but um... <laughs> my final thoughts. Yeah, am I closer to something happening here that you know of that I don't know of yet? No, 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 no. <laughs> Here's 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 my final my final capstone if if there ever were to be one. Let's just see if I can come up with something here. The most important 
aspect, I suppose, or perspective is a better word. The most, pers- the most important perspective that I can bring to this conversation is the fact that we have the opportunity to, through our expanded awareness of what's going on, have a greater understanding of where we are. And where we are vibrationally, meaning how we think and how we feel and what we're believing and the stories that we're telling ourselves and how we're assigning meaning to all of that, when we can hold ourselves in a neutral state, tipping into and shining a light into the positivity of what's possible, we're literally stepping into the creation of a what's next. Okay, what's next? What's next? What's next? Or the and then what? And then what? In a positive direction. So the most important thing, no, the most, I don't like the word thing. It is important for us to remember and to recognize the importance of reflecting on where we are. And from the reflection of where we are, connecting with who we are and how we're feeling and separate that from any conditions around us, any people or places or things or circumstances or events, said or unsaid, spoken or unspoken, done or not done, separate ourselves from all the conditions around us so that we can say, how do I feel right now? And based on how we feel, then become a master of the control over the direction in which we're heading. So if we're not feeling so good, we can become the master of the direct of the controlling of the direction in which we're heading, and we can choose something different. And when we make a choice to steer and face in a different direction and look for what that might be without having to see all the details in place just yet, we are becoming kind of the master navigator of the waves or the ocean, as it were, the waves of vibration that we're steering into. And when we're steering into the alignment with the waves that feel better for us, the emotions that feel better for us, the thoughts that feel better for us, the beliefs that support us, when we steer ourselves in that direction, we are actually becoming kind of the captain of the ship, as it were. We're navigating ourselves into a direction that feels better for us. And by doing so, or maybe actually only by doing so, all of the positives that we desire, all of the dreams that we have and the goals that we set and the desires that we've voiced maybe to ourselves only or to others can become manifest to us because we are in alignment with them. So it's a forward-facing always experience. Awareness of where we are, be unconditional. Don't have any conditions about people around you what's done or not done, said or not said, conditions, circumstances, rise above all of that. Set yourself in a place of neutrality where you're unconditional and choose the direction that you want to head in and gently, without any force necessary, gently guide yourself into that direction through your thoughts to ignite emotions or feelings based on those thoughts that feel better and that they will support each other. Thoughts become the feelings, become the thoughts, become the feelings, and you move forward by self. What's the word here? It's kind of a self-motivation, but that's not the best word. By self, ah, there we go. By nurturing ourselves to move forward. Mm -hmm. 
as we, as we become, and I'll use the word in a very positive way here, selfish enough to nurture ourselves and our alignment in the direction of what we want, what is desired, we not only serve ourselves, we serve others, and we serve our higher self by moving and building momentum in that direction. Wow. It's amazing to me how you do that. <laughs> I always love chatting with you. I just wish it was sitting next to me on my sofa, staring at my fireplace. I miss those days. Yes, I do. Well, we'll have them. <laughs> and, mo and more of those are coming when you have your cottage. We know that. Yes, yes. That is one thing I am manifesting. Mm -hmm. And um, I, I do. Okay, I just want to. I want to add one thing, if I can, here for, for anybody listening. If they, if anybody stays in, sticks in with us this long and listens to the end, this is also a very valuable component of enlisting collaborators or collaborative creators so that liberty and your desire to manifest your cottage and all of that what that means doesn't matter necessarily where it is or what it looks like but the mm -hmm. cottage of of your dreams as it were mm -hmm. by enlisting a collaborator and a colleague as me who's also holds that vision for you i believe there's value in that and i'm going to use if i, I got to tell a story really quickly but i'll Try not to speak so fast that I skip over it, but it's an important one to share. So I'm part of an organization that is international. It's in five different countries, and there is an annual conference held in the United States every year. And at that conference, there are 1,500 participants at the conference. And it is run, managed, coordinated, delivered by one woman. And I love her so much. I'm so, I so respect her. She travels around North America to talk to everybody who's part of the organization and different groups. It's not an MLM. I got to say that right now. It's not, it's not that it's not affiliate, not multi-level stuff at all. Got to put That's that out there just for, you. <laughs> just for me. No, no, it's not me. It's not that this is heart centered entrepreneurial business support. It's beautiful. Mm -hmm. So she was in Alberta a couple of years ago in Canada, Western Canada. And I was at an event that she had come. She was coming. We, we came to the event because she was going to be there. She was flying around and she was, we knew her dates. She was going to be there. We, the, the event was held a couple hundred of people in the room. And she had the day before voiced a desire to us. And she said, man, you know, someday I would love to meet Oprah. But she didn't quite believe it would ever happen and certainly didn't know how, right? Like she had no plans. It was not on the books, even though she scheduled for a year in advance with her, with how busy she is and her business. It wasn't planned. It wasn't scheduled. It wasn't on the books. It wasn't even a possibility in her eyes at the time. But she said, I'd love to meet Oprah someday. So, and I'm, I'm not saying this because I'm, I want to take any ownership over this at all. But it's part of the story. So the next day, and I was talking to some one of the event coordinators, and I said, you know, she said that yesterday. Why don't we put together a bit of a something, something that can support her in that vibrationally, right? So the next day, I was asked by the event coordinator to go on the stage, main stage, in front of these couple of hundred people, and had a, and I talked to everybody through a not a visualization, yes. But more importantly, a visceralization because I went to how it felt. And so this woman, the leader of this organization, was there. She was part of the process. And she closed her eyes and played along, the, played the game with me. I'm on top of the stage with the microphone. And I talked through like 35, 45 seconds, not even a minute of imagine this, imagine this, imagine this, imagine this. And I didn't tell them where I was going with it. And she didn't know. 
And so I said, you know, anyway, I, I walked them through a scenario where they could imagine the movie in their mind. They could feel themselves there. And then at the, the last couple of phrases, I said, and imagine, and I, I used her by name, so I was referring to her. And I said, and imagine. So we had a hundred, or a couple, sorry, a couple hundred people, individuals in this room, imagining, visualizing, visceralizing this experience. And I said, and imagine, she now opens the door. And there's Oprah welcoming her into an interview. And then I went a little bit further, you know, and imagine how that would feel. And imagine, right? But all in the emotions. And it was a very emotional experience. And then when everybody opened their eyes and we kind of came back to everything there, she came on the stage. This woman, the founder, came on the stage and gave me a big hug. We have pictures of that moment, which is actually kind of cool. And lo and behold, next year, when she came back to the annual meeting that we she was always planned the dates always changed but it was planned she came back the next year and she said oh and by the way i met oprah <laughs> so i i can't qualify i can't say 100 i can't guarantee i can't prove that we had anything to do with that happening but there were 200 of us collaboratively collectively connectedly feeling, visualizing, and visceralizing her and all it would be to create the experience where she would meet Oprah and be interviewed by Oprah. And it happened. So I just want to maybe end with that, that if we can enlist, I'll use that word, mm -hmm. collaborators, mm -hmm. people who are working with us, who are connected to us, who are envisioning and visceralizing with us, visualizing and visceralizing our dreams and goals and desires, and believing in us wholeheartedly, that has to, I would, I just have to believe, that has to have an impact on the manifestation. I believe it does. I mean, there have been lots of studies done on things like group meditations, power, you know, huge meditations, altering global... And well, also altering things, things like statistics prayer. and yes, and statistics that are, that are measurable by certain things yeah, that are proven that okay, this many people meditated to this, and these numbers went down. Yes, yes. and and prayer, which is mm -hmm. really kind of just another, it's it's energy, it's focused, it's it's that it's it's the same thing. It's and and there's and loads it's most of powerful when there's no. When there's no fear, when there's prayer with no fear is when it's most powerful. Yeah. And, and you know, whether it's somebody who is sick and not meant to recover or whatever. But anyway, I think that's a beautiful point is to, to acknowledge that it's helpful in so many ways for us to have a, a group of people who support our visions. And, you know, there a lot of people these days say, well, I'll hold that vision for you. Or I'm holding the vision. And I don't think... I think some people don't really pay attention to what that actually means. And they might say that and they mean it well, but they maybe aren't really thinking just how deeply that can actually make a difference. Mm -hmm. But truly the, the image that comes the image that comes to mind for me is imagine a light bulb being hung from a single whatever whatever you call that wire that plugs it into mm -hmm. the socket, right? So it's just a naked light bulb, no no 
lampshade or anything, just a naked bulb, light bulb hanging from the ceiling. It's got a dimmer switch on it. So imagine a room filled with those as if it's kind of the whole room, the whole ceiling is not a single chandelier, but the whole ceiling is bulbs, mm-hmm. single naked bulbs dangling from the ceiling. And each one has a dimmer switch. So anybody that you tell about your dream or goal or desire or what you want to attract into your life has the control over a dimmer switch. And some of them who give you the lip service of, yeah, cool, their, their light is kind of dimmed, kind of sort of down, but it's still there. Mm-hmm. Those who are like, have at it, they go for it. Like, and they're, 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 what's the best word here? They're, they're such supporters of you, cheerleaders <laughs> and supporters, that their light is full on, like 100 out of 100 luminescence kind of um, dimmer switch all the way up, right? Mm-hmm. Collectively, that light that shines out there must draw back energy that is in alignment experiences that are in alignment definitely thank you for that Hmm. i was just uh going to mention too one of the things i like to do is i do my meditating manifesting visualizing visceralizing definitely visceralizing in the middle of my qigong practice Mm -hmm. there's a point where i just sit quietly and I'm feeling the energy flowing through my body. And then that's when I take that time to do it. So I, I believe that that will jack up the energy significantly. Because you're in a connected state of being. Yes. Yeah. You're, you're not trying to manifest by thinking about it when you're in the car navigating traffic on the way to Safeway. Exactly. <laughs> right? You're, at, you're in a state of mind. You're in a place where the energy is focused and you're connected in the energy and therefore it just makes sense, of course, that you're going to be in a more attractive, aligned, energetic, intense um, situation for things to show up. It feels really good too. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Where can people find you if they would like to be in touch with you? My website is probably the easiest way first and it's my full name. So it's David. D-A-V-I-D-T, as in, I'll have a link. I'll say Tibet, T Gross, <laughs> G-R-O-S-S, as in Sam, dot com. So find me on davidtgross.com, and I will be sharing in the coming weeks and months a lot of content around mindset and working on that, as well as for anybody who's got a business, how we message ourselves and how we actually monetize that. So that is the place to find me for now. And from there is all the connected links into social media and everything else. I swear you must be the most knowledgeable person on the planet for all things, business, social media, marketing, creating, putting together courses and strategies. And I mean, you, you have spent years and a lot of money on your own training. You have really invested in your own training and education and spent so much time learning more and more and more. And you're absolutely astonishing the way you come up with, I mean, you're, well, there are just no words really, but highly would recommend if anybody is looking for any kind of business strategizing, marketing, or any other sort of help like that to be in touch and say hello and See if you can help. I, I appreciate that because my, I believe, if I can get kind of a spiritual on you here for a second, I believe that my 
purpose that is even coming to light more now so given the times than ever before is to help be it individuals or all the way to corporations align because I'll use that word again align with why we're here how can we be of service how can we support how can we help what can what can we do and so for me my alignment is all in connection with helping others to align so that their gifts can be shared with others in order to touch the lives of others. So like ripples in a pond, there is benefit and value for all. Beautiful. I'm really grateful for you taking the time to have this conversation and share My pleasure. some of your brilliance and insights. And um, I look forward well, to the next time we get to play together. Me too. I love how when we jump in the pool together as two Pisces, we can splash around and keep swimming and keep splashing and keep swimming and keep things moving, sometimes maybe beyond the timeline that was expected or intended, but we keep things moving. And that to me is the most exciting thing because that two words that I love here, that is evidence, three words, <laughs> that is evidence of our expansion and the evolution because it just keeps getting better. It really does. Mm-hmm. So thank you. Thank you. Thanks for tuning in to Take Control and Manifest Your Dream Life. If you like the podcast, please make it a favorite or hit the applause icon. To connect with me or for information on private sessions, check the links in the episode description. And remember, the more the merrier. Tell your friends about the podcast so they can enjoy some tips and insights to help make their dreams come true too.